0: Acknowledged that many families would be inconvenienced.
1: We sincerely want to apologise to parents, both for the disruption to their children's education and for the disruption of parents' working lives. But we believe that the issues facing teachers are so serious, so damaging to teacher morale, so damaging to the prospect of teacher recruitment, that they are going to lead to a huge teacher shortage, which will be much more damaging education in the long run.
0: Two men have been jailed for robbing a house in Milton Keynes. They threatened the two people who lived there with knives and a handgun. Lee Agnew has the details.
2: Paul Camarty from Bletchley and Daniel Smith from Grange Farm were among a group of men who carried out the break-in. Once inside the house on North 9th Street, they threatened the two men who lived there and left with a number of electrical items, including mobile phones and games consoles. After being found guilty of aggravated burglary, 22-year-old Comarty was sentenced to nine years in prison, while 21-year-old Smith was jailed for eight years and six months.
0: Hertfordshire Police have been given new powers to tackle antisocial behaviour in Stevenage. From today, groups of people loitering in the Bedwell area can be moved on. It follows complaints of residents being verbally abused, shopkeepers being intimidated and lots of noise late at night. Prince William will conduct his first investiture ceremony this morning at Buckingham Palace. He will present several awards, including an OBE, to the Wimbledon champion Andy Murray. A royal correspondent, Peter Hunt, reports. For Prince William, this will be yet another taste of what lies ahead for a
3: future king. Having left the RAF, he's looking for another full-time role while continuing to undertake some royal duties. Conducting a few investiture ceremonies which require the royal host to stand for an hour at a time, will help his 87-year-old grandmother. This morning, William will wield his ceremonial sword gently in the presence of two fresh knights and pin awards on a wide range of recipients, including the Wimbledon champion Andy Murray and Helen Butler,
0: And the weather for beds, hearts and bucks. Scattered showers throughout the morning. It'll then be largely dry and bright for most. It'll be windy, but the winds will ease later in the day. Maximum temperatures of 16 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties.
4: This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I've come into the studio and my normal rubbish, tiny little screens have been replaced by one of the biggest computer screens in the world. It's blinding me and for some reason it's sticking out really close to my face. I can't work under these conditions. I can't work like this. Oh, hang on, it turns out I have to work like this. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including... The bedroom tax, the spare room subsidy, whatever the politicians call it. But we want to know how you've been managing since it came in. Police have been given the power to stop kids hanging around shops in Stevenage before they've actually done anything. But dispersal orders just move the problem around. Also, are we too hard on fat people? Doctors are being told to be nice by nice. Hmm, I'm suspicious. And dolphins, why don't we just shove a cork in their blowholes and see how they get on with that, huh? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or lots of phone calls yesterday, I enjoyed that. 08459 four double five
5: five double five.
6: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
5: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Now, a Buckinghamshire Housing Association is being accused of concealing the true cost of the so-called bedroom tax. The leader of Wickham District Council's Labour Group says Red Kite Community Housing is refusing to reveal how many of its tenants have fallen behind with their rent since the spare room subsidy came in. Oh, Councillor Ian Bates joins you on the line now. Good morning, Ian. Oh, good morning, Ian. Uh, Red Kite wouldn't join us this morning, but they sent us a statement saying they declined your request to avoid the information being used to make political points. Is that what really what's going on here?
7: Well, it's difficult to know what they think, really. Um, I mean, Local Housing Association, Aragon Housing, which is um, in uh, Bedfordshire, tells us that since April, their uh, renter are going up by 9%. I mean, I was concerned that perhaps a similar thing was happening with Red Kite, and... Um, Try to find out, but they don't seem to want to tell me, or anyone else.
4: W- Why do you suspect they don't want to tell you?
7: It's difficult to know, it's difficult to know. All they'll tell me is they're working hard with their tenants to ensure the uh, the impact of the bedroom tax is as, uh, you know, as, as, as um, easy as possible. But uh, we're concerned that the, the number of... Um, people falling into risk increasing and ultimately if they become homeless as a result of this then the Wickham, the Wickham District Council is going to be responsible for finding them somewhere to live It's, it's
4: a little bit of extrapolation Ian if you, if you don't know the figures to then start talking about them becoming homeless and it being a problem you, you, you just don't know what the situation is do you?
7: Well, exactly, we don't know. I mean, it could be that there aren't any people falling into a and In fact, uh, the situation is not as bad as we might think, but we'd just like to know, so we can be certain that we are prepared to do anything if we need to.
4: Labour has taken the position against the subsidy, as as we know. Are Red Kite right that that, uh, they're worried you might make political points out of this?
7: Well, our concern is just for those people who may become homeless. Maybe they won't. But ultimately, we all have to pick up the bill for this, and it's as well to be prepared. Well, the uh, fact
4: that you're, you're already talking about people becoming homeless and having to pick up the bill would imply uh, that you are making political points about this,
8: wouldn't it?
7: Well, our, our concern is that if, if, if people become uh, get into difficulties, that we are there to help them. We have uh, The council has a statutory duty to help them, and it's as well to be prepared. If indeed there isn't a problem coming, then we can relax a bit and perhaps sort of divert our energies into other things. We just need to know. It's a question we don't know, and therefore we are concerned.
4: Is there any way you can force them to tell you? What's your next step?
7: Well, uh, unfortunately, I mean, if it was any other public body, we might resort to a Freedom of Information request to sort of uh, compel them to, to give us information. Unfortunately, they lie outside that legislation, so we can't use that means. those means.
4: So well, the only point the, the, the only point that you, they would be compelled to tell you, or you would find out, is if things did start to go wrong, significantly. Well, we significantly. find
7: out from, from other means, presumably. When, I mean, the, uh, the council would find out through the number of people turning up at its reception desk um, being homeless, if it comes to that. I don't so want it, to scare but, you know, that's the ultimate
4: possibility. How many people have turned up uh, at the desk, help desk, because they're becoming homeless?
7: Um, well, it's difficult to say exactly. I mean, the numbers go up and down at the moment. Um, you know, we're talking maybe half a dozen uh, families, people a week. And is um, that
4: is that different from, say, a year ago before the, the, the bedroom tax was
7: introduced? Uh, well, it's probably slightly higher, but I mean, uh, the, the, the number only goes one way, the trend goes up. But if indeed there are a number of people sort of just about to become homeless, then it's as well, we know and are prepared to, do, uh, to, to help them.
4: Have any of the residents got in touch with you saying, look, I think we're about to be in trouble?
7: Well, there are a number of them who come to me. My constituents come to me, you know, for help, asking for my advice from time to time. Uh,
4: regarding so, the bedroom tax?
7: Uh, particularly, yes. How many? West of you will say, I mean, for, for me personally, maybe half a dozen in the last, uh, in the last couple of months. Um, so not many, then? Well, more than before, but not a significant number. But I'm only one councillor across Wickham, and uh, obviously there are hundreds of thousands of people in the Wickham district area who potentially, well, they're not all um, tenant, uh, um, social housing tenants, it's difficult to know. It's just the worry is we don't know, and we lack mm. have information to either put our mind at rest. We'd love to find out that people aren't in difficulty. We just don't know.
4: Red Kite Community Housing say they've been supporting tenants with a, a house swap event that I think took place yesterday yep. uh, and help applying for discretionary payments. What more could they do, do you think, Ian?
7: Well, I mean, they are doing as much as they can, I'm sure. I don't doubt their, uh, their good intentions and, um, you know, they're, they're, they're helping people by holding these events. I mean, the, the fact is that people who are in need of sort of to trade down or to move down to smaller properties to avoid or, you know, to, so they don't fall foul of this uh, new law, uh, the number of them exceeds the number of smaller properties available. Mm. In fact, you know, the, the, <clears throat> we're talking about, I think, in, in the Wickham area, about 400 people, uh, 400 tenants of uh, Red Kite who are potentially caught by this... Uh, New legislation and the number of available two-bed properties is is, less, is, is sort of fewer than a hundred, really. So um, the, the, the demand exceeds the supply, even if everybody. Everybody who's caught by this, uh, well, they all do want to trade down, quite a lot of them. I mean, not all of them are prepared to to stand the loss, but uh, there just aren't the properties for them to move to. So we're in a very difficult They are in a very difficult position.
4: Ian, I appreciate you joining me at this ridiculous time of the morning. Thank (laughs) you very much.
7: Okay, then, Ian, thank you. Thank you.
4: That's Councillor Ian Bates uh, from Wickham District Council. Well, how has, we can spread this out a little bit, I think, how has the uh, 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 bedroom tax, um, the uh, uh, subsidy, the housing subsidy, how has that affected you? Have, has it made your life a bit more difficult, a bit tougher? Have you had to downsize? Are you trying to downsize, but you've not been able to? Give me a call, 08459 double five five double five.
9: change of heart If it takes forever girl, then I'm prepared to wait The day you give your love to me
4: So how is the bedroom tax affecting you? The the spare room subsidy. Lots of people get offended if we call it the bedroom tax, particularly because we are the BBC. So they think we are taking a position of bias. No bias at all. I just wondered how it was affecting you. Have you managed to to downsize or upsize? Is it costing you more money? Are you in serious debt? I remember once we had a woman on here who was worried about how how she was going to pay the extra bedroom tax. Uh, and it turned out she had sky and she smoked cigarettes i said right well that's how you're going to pay it <laughs> that's how- oh no i'm not i'm not going to get rid of my sky and my cigarettes well you know sky is minimum 21 quid a month that's a luxury it's not it's not a, a, an obligation it's a luxury uh, and cigarettes you stop smoking you know but, but cigarettes are like 7 quid 8 quid a packet now that's bonkers isn't it How is the bedroom tax affecting you, dear listener? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And we'll talk about this story that's on the front page of uh, the Mail, and it's inside some of the other papers. Don't be nasty to fat people. That's the Mail saying that, not me. Doctors should not blame patients for being fat, according to new NHS guidance. What do you think? Are we too hard on fat people? Am I being offensive by calling them fat people? I probably am. There'll be someone listening to this taking offence. by. What am I supposed to say? I don't think you're supposed to use the word obese anymore, either. What, what are you supposed to... I don't want to offend anybody this morning. So what are you supposed to say? 08 455 555. Quarter past six, BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's the travel. It's Adam Glynn. Travel
5: news for beds, cards and bugs.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Cheers in. good morning. Problems on the M25 anti-clockwise. Two lanes have been closed. This is a broken down vehicle and it's between Junction 25 at Enfield and 24 at Potter's Bar. So lanes one and two have been closed as traffic goes into the roadworks area there and it is already looking quite slow. The West Wickham Road through High Wickham, part of the A40. Temporary traffic lights are up at the minute for roadworks near Mill End Road and through Luton on the A505. There are roadworks at Mount Grace Road for the next day or so. They're hoping to have them finish off later today and all should be clear by tomorrow. If you're going to be driving through Chalfont St Peter on Gravel Hill, there are roadworks around the Grassingham Road Junction and they're going to be there until next week. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank
4: you, Adam morning, 6.16. It's Thursday, the 17th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A housing association in Buckinghamshire is being criticised for not saying how tenants have been affected by the so-called bedroom tax. Teachers across Bucks and Milton Keynes are going on strike today in a dispute about pay, pensions and working conditions. And Prince William will conduct his first investiture ceremony this morning at Buckingham Palace, presenting several awards, including an OBE to Andy Murray. The weather will be windy with scattered showers. Highest temperature is 16 degrees. Coming up, the police in Stevenage plan to stop young people hanging around shops regardless of whether they've actually done anything. What do you think? Is that a good idea? Or is it a little bit unfair? 08459 455 555.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio. Today's on BBC Three Counties Radio are about... Six minutes
5: past six, starting a Saturday morning. Let's get stuck straight into the news.
11: Memories. Let's begin with the UK charts from this day. Let's begin with the UK (laughs)
3: charts. Food. My Weekend Kitchen brings you delicious, simple recipes for you to make at home. Sport. Live commentary every week from your local team.
6: And local unsigned music.
12: BBC Introducing, bringing you local music to Beds, Hearts and Bucks.
6: For full programme details, go online to bbc.com co.uk/slash-three-counties Saturdays on BBC Three Counties Radio. Who wants to hear a
4: really creepy, disturbing song? I do.
13: You talk
14: like Marlene Dietrich. of such a display as you do. But where do you go to my lovely? When you're alone in your bed, tell me the thoughts that surround you. I want to look inside your head as yes, I do. I've seen all your qualifications, you got. From the Sorbonne and the painting you stole from Picasso. Your loveliness goes on and on as it does. When you go on your summer vacation, you go to Juan Lapin with your carefully designed topless swimsuit. You get an even suntan won't you tell me The thoughts that surround you I want to look Inside your head as yes, I do Your name It is heard in high places You know The Aga Khan He sent you A racehorse for Christmas And you keep it Just for fun For a laugh <laughs> They say I want to look inside your head, as yes, I do I remember the back streets of Naples Two children begging in the rags Both touched with a burning ambition To shake off their lowly-born takes, they tried So look into my face, Mary Claire Cause I can look inside your head
4: Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. (laughs) Listen, you don't need to know the dramas of my life, but I'm going to tell you them anyway. I have various. you, You can hear Kelly Betts working. Carry on, Kelly. Okay. Uh, I have various screens uh, in my uh, studio that give me information to tell me who's calling, who's, who, what's coming up next, what records we've got, all of that kind of stuff. One of those screens, the most vital screen, has been replaced by this huge behemoth. It's got to be 52 inches. Um, and it's too big, and it's given me a headache. <laughs> I've thrown a little hissy fit. <laughs> and I've d- demanded that we get another screen back. So we just joined that uh, rather creepy record by Peter Sarsdick. We installed one screen. That one don't work. I think I'm beginning to see why the screen was replaced. I'm getting a sneaky suspicion. I know why. Uh, don't, don't worry. Don't panic, Mr Mannering. Don't panic. Uh, on the subject of bedroom tax, Mark's in Bletchley. Morning,
15: Mark. Good morning, uh, Ian. How are you doing? I, I'm OK, thank you. What, what, what did you want to say about this? Well, I'm, I'm actually affected by the bedroom tax since April. You know, uh, we, and obviously we have to pay uh, council tax too as well. So... You start off okay, and then you think, "Oh dear!" Then your know, the utility bill goes up, and you find you're having to budget even more. Uh, it's 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 a very tough ride. It, and so, what are you kind of?
4: What, what things are you missing out on because of this this increased cost?
15: Well, uh, since well, in the last year and a, in a bit, I've had to sell. Lo- I've sold loads of records in order to and bikes and things to fund so I don't go into arrears. It's just general day-to-day cost is the worst thing. It's, you know, you have to shop very, very, uh, you know, frugally now. And you, I never waste. Oh, by the way, I don't drink and I don't smoke, and so that saves me. It's almost as if those people that are being affected by the benefit reduction, that we're in, a, we're in a queue going over a cliff. Sooner or later, a load of us will go in. It depends on how far in that queue you are. I'm about halfway up. But it's, it's horrible because I'm sort of pretty good at budgeting and stuff like that. I can actually see the point of where you may go over that cliff unless things change for us sort of thing. But I, I don't know what, what you meant by the other person. Uh, couldn't the, the council or the uh, organisation couldn't tell you how many people in the I, can, I can't work that one out at all, Ian.
4: That seemed very strange, Mark. Uh, It did seem very odd, and we're kind of looking into that. Mark, thank you very much indeed. We're looking for your stories this morning of how the bedroom tax has uh, affected you. Now, the police have been given the power to stop young people hanging around shops in the Bedwell area of Stevenage, regardless of whether they've actually done anything. Well, they're calling it a dispersal order. Effectively, it's a curfew for kids who are being accused of antisocial behaviour, criminal damage and generally intimidating everyone else. Well, our reporter Justin Dealey has been to the area to find out more. Morning, Justin. Justin, what have uh, locals had to say about the, the behaviour, behaviour of youths in Bedwell? Well, it's not great. I've
11: been speaking to people at the shops in Bedwell Crescent, and here's what they had to say.
3: It's a bad area at night. There's fights all the time. It's just bad. There was, someone got stabbed in the hand in a fight over there. They all carry around knives. There's are lot.
16: We're not coming up here at all. And I will not allow my wife to come up here either. It's really got that bad. Yes. (laughs) And I'm glad the police, you know, should have the rights to move these youngsters on.
17: I mean, I work two evenings in the week and I have to walk home and you do feel intimidated or not safe and I haven't had anything indirectly done to me, but I've seen things go on and that could easily be me or my young siblings, you know, they've. So what have you seen? I've seen fighting. Um, there was an incident at the shops, you know, where an old lady got pushed out of the way, and just gangs and. and you
11: actually saw that, didn't yeah,
17: you? Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, drug dealing, other, you know, lots of incidents. <laughs>
11: So, this lady, this older lady, was walking to the shops and the ewes came up to just her. She'd got
17: her fish and chips. She'd just got her fish and chips. And there was an incident that had gone on at the shops and they were just running riot, jumping over the cars everything. It was just mayhem. It was like a scene out of a film. Uh, I think it can be quite terrifying probably for older people as well. With coming up here, there are groups of kids hanging around just causing a distur- disturbance in general, to be honest. What's the worst that you've seen? Stabbings, um... Just general, even throwing things about and just fighting up here and stuff like that, to be honest. It can be horrible.
4: Wow. I, I would suggest that stabbings is worse than, than throwing things about, but but mm-hmm. thoroughly unpleasant uh, behaviour. Horrible. Traders, what have traders said about this? Because I would would imagine they'd be uh, pleased with this dispersal
11: order. I mean, effectively, you're just kind of moving the problem elsewhere, aren't you? But uh, uh, this is a Section 30 order uh, giving powers to police officers, uh, allowing them to disperse groups of two or more persons that are causing or are likely to cause harassment, alarm or distress to members of the public. So,
4: sorry, the group, two or more people? Two
11: or more. Okay, so so they can move them on. They can move them on. They can also search them. Uh, Traders in Bedwell Crescent, they certainly have welcomed this move. Here's what they've had to say.
18: Yeah, I'm glad that they're happening. We were getting large groups of uh, kids around. And just their presence was putting people off coming up here. So
11: you were losing money?
18: Yeah, I was losing trade because people didn't want to walk through them. When people drive into a car park, they don't want to walk through a crowd of kids. Mm -hmm. You know, even if they're not actually causing any problems, it is the actual presence of them that does put people off.
11: And how long have these problems been going on for here?
18: Best part of a couple of months, I should think, they've been going on. Um, We should have had the dispersal order uh, over a month ago, I think
11: thing is though, where can you move them on to? Because essentially people are telling me there's nowhere for the kids to go around
18: here. I hadn't thought of that question to yeah. be honest with you. Um,
11: it's going to move them on somewhere else, aren't we?
18: Well, that could, that, that, that would happen, yes.
16: But so there's lots of kids hanging out outside and the customers are afraid to come at night time, especially when it's getting darker
15: now. So it's really scary sometimes, yeah. It
16: is.
11: So what sort of things have you seen that's that's concerned you?
4: Well, it's, I've seen a Kids fighting outside, sometimes, shouting, running around, things like that. Okay, I'm starting to get my opinion on this, Justin. I wasn't Ooh. sure what I felt about this, uh, and I don't like walking through groups of kids. But kids have always gathered outside the spa, or outside the Happy yep. Shopper, or outside uh, b- Boots, or whatever. kids have always done that. I've done that. You've probably done that. It's I what kids. Are, and I feel a little bit intimidated walking through them. That's my issue. And the first gentleman there said an interesting thing about them being moved on even if they're not causing any trouble. Yeah. That seems a little bit harsh to me.
11: I mean, for him, of course, he's thinking about his business. He's thinking about his trade. If people are scared to come out at night, um, he could lose his business. But we're not just talking about kids hanging around. Some of the things that we've heard mentioned, fighting, stabbings, drug dealing, underage drinking. So clearly, when it comes to those people, the police have got every right to move these people on. But if you've got kids that are just hanging around because there's nowhere for them to go, should they really be moved on and treated like that? That's the question for me.
4: we always told, get your kids out of the t- in front of the TV, stop them playing the Xbox and yeah. the PlayStation, get them out and about. <laughs> oh hang on, now they're out and about, get your kids indoors.
11: Well you know, the, the, the people that I've spoken to in Stevenage, in the Bedwell area, they all say exactly the same thing. This is all very well, you know, bad things are happening here, but at the end of the day there's nothing for the kids to do. When they've got nothing to do, you know, they may well get involved in drug
4: dealing because they are bored. Uh, Justin, thank you very much indeed Yes, uh, boredom can lead to drug dealing Don't let your kids be bored Thank you, Justin I'm I'm starting to get an opinion on this I'm starting to think Yes, if kids are stabbing each other Hey, arrest them If they're fighting in the street, arrest them If they're using bad language a lot in the street Have a word with them If they don't stop, knock their heads together But just dispersing them Because they're sat outside Nissa. They're sat outside the Happy Shopper trying to get people to buy them fags. Really? You can't disperse them for that,
5: can you? A little bit later than usual, 6.30, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio. Traffic's steadily building on the M1
10: southbound toward London, but things are still looking pretty decent. Traffic's moving well past Hempstead and down toward the M25, but if you're going on to the M25 this morning problems anti-clockwise two lanes are closed this is a broken down vehicle in the roadworks stretch between junction 25 at enfield and 24 at potter's bar lanes one and two are closed off at the moment so all traffic's having to try to get past in lane three and it's already congested back to waltham abbey at junction 26 very slow going if you're driving into london the a1 through boreham wood already starting to get quite busy on the cameras from sterling corner toward apex corner doing well on other stretches of the A1 and the A1M though, and no delays on the M40 cameras. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
6: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines. A housing association in Buckinghamshire is being criticised for not saying how tenants have been affected by the so-called bedroom tax. Red Kite Community Housing took over 6,500 properties from Wickham District Council at the end of 2011. Leader of Labour Group at the council, Ian Bates, says it's irresponsible not to tell them how many people are in rent arrears. Teachers across Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes are going on strike today in a dispute over pay pensions and working conditions. The action is being taken by members of two unions, the NUT and the NASUWT. Hertfordshire Police have been given new powers to tackle antisocial behaviour in Stevenage. From today, groups of people loitering in the Bedwell area can be moved on. And the weather for Beds, Hearts, and Bucks: scattered showers throughout the morning. It'll then be largely dry and bright for most. It'll be windy, but the winds will ease later in the day. Maximum temperatures of 16 degrees Celsius. That's 61 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Harry Redknapp says he understands why he missed out on the England manager's job to Roy Hodgson. Redknapp has been critical of the way the FA appointed a successor to Fabio Capello last year, a job he was widely tipped to get. But speaking to the BBC, the current QPR manager says Hodgson was the right man for the role. Looking at
19: him, he was probably better equipped and better qualified, maybe Mm. at international level, than what I was. I wouldn't dispute that. He's a very well qualified guy. I haven't got a problem with Roy. I'm delighted, you know.
0: I'm delighted he's doing well, and you know, no one's disputing the choice of Roy as manager. I really am not. England are set to host Germany in a friendly at Wembley next month as part of their preparations for the 2014 World Cup. The Football Association expects Roy Hodgson's team to face the three-time World Cup winners on the 19th of November. England will also play a non-European nation thought to be either Argentina or Australia earlier in the same month. In cricket, England's women have beaten New Zealand by five wickets with five balls to spare in their opening match of the T20 Tri-Series event in Barbados. Tammy Beaumont was named player of the match for her 29 from 23 balls as England chased down a target of 110
20: it felt great to get out there and put in a good performance to get the team over the line. We were under pressure when we went in a little bit. you would have won a ball, so it was nice to get out there and see us over the line.
10: Captain Charlotte Edwards started in as well and built a, a strong start for the team, but you played a vital role in coming in mid innings to see the team over the line.
20: Yeah, that's something Charlotte's done really well over the years. She's not one of the best batters in the world for nothing. She really did get us off to a good start, and I could just come in and express myself with her at the other end.
0: BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'm back with more at seven.
6: Call 08459
0: 455 555. BBC
5: Three Counties Radio. You like Kath?
6: Yeah, I'm fine.
8: Is this again game you play? I don't understand what's going on. I can't see through your brown first job.
4: Song. Oh, what a jolly chord. What a jolly chord to end on. Kelly Betts? Kelly Betts in the studio next door. I know we've had you running around like a lunatic week, because there's really a really chance you could find us a, kind of something a little bit more upbeat.
20: Sure. Because that was a little bit downbeat. Have you got that um, Chaz and Dave album?
4: Hey, there's a Twitter campaign to get Chaz and Dave in the top 40. Really? Yeah.
21: Is it set up by Chaz?
4: Or Dave, yeah, probably. <laughs> Catherine Boyle's in the studio. Hello. Hello, Rat fans. Well, let's have a quick look at the paper, shall we? What have you got?
22: Um, a number of things. Don't be nasty to fat people, screams a Daily Mail. Yes. Um, it says doctors should not blame patients for being fat according to new NHS guidance from the appropriately named Nice. It
4: says... I once We had someone from Nice on once, and I asked them, did you come up with the, name, the word Nice and then work backwards, or was it just a happy coincidence? And she didn't understand the question. Really? Yeah, which I was...
22: She must say it all the time, though. Who do you work for? Nice... Because I always wonder, with these these,
4: uh, companies that have got names, what is it called? An amalgamum? No, a a euphemism. An an anagram. Pandemic. Pandemic. Pandora's Pandora's box. What's it called? Kelly, I'm asking. If we're asking Kelly, we're in trouble. What's it called?
22: Anagram.
10: No.
4: Um,
22: Acronym. uh, Thank you.
4: That's it. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, when they've got an acronym, do you do you start with the word and work backwards? Also, or
22: if you're nice, sometimes they can't be nice. Sometimes they have to make tough decisions.
4: Well, they couldn't be. Imagine if, if they they put their name together and got oh, look, it, it spells nasty. Oh, no, we can't do that. We'll have to change it.
23: They should be called FAIR.
4: And also, it's not nice. It's NICHE. It's the National Institute for Clinical Health and Excellence. It's NICHE. niche.
22: What's was all this nice nonsense. They're they're a niche, not a nice. So they've chosen to call themselves nice.
4: Yeah. Well, that's cheating. You can't do that. (laughs) Write them a letter. I'm going to write them a letter. There's a story in here, in The the Sun. The short arm of the law exclusive. It took me ages to work this out. Hello, hello, hello. But they spelt low. Hello. Low. Low. Killjoy police swoop on stag party dwarf dressed as a copper. There's photographic evidence. A stag party dwarf dressed as a policeman was swooped on by cops... (laughs) and threatened with arrest for impersonating an officer. See the
22: picture. Oh, yeah, there's some swooping going on.
4: There's some swooping going on. Charlie, his name's Charlie, but they don't say what his surname is or anything. Charlie... Like we're all supposed to know. This is the first introduction of the gentleman. Charlie had handcuffed groom Darren Rogers, dressed as a pantomime horse, (laughs) and led him to a race course in a prank paid for by pals. Uh, Charlie faced being nicked for imitating a bobby and possessing a lethal weapon, his little truncheon. Uh, Darren, the uh, groom, goes on to say, you see lots of kiss police girls. There seems to be one rule for attractive women, another for dwarfs. Uh, and <laughs> uh,
22: this is this bloke's job,
4: isn't it? This is this bloke. He said, the, the, Charlie says, I've been, do- I, I, uh, I've been doing this job for years uh, and uh, I uh, had to keep my kit as the next day I was at a policeman's wedding. They said, are you serious? Well, I just there think you know. this is... Uh, There are no height restrictions in the police now. I think that there's a dwarf working somewhere. So they argued I could be genuinely impersonating a policeman. that's Good grief! Uh, let the little fella have some
0: fun.
22: Waitrose puts bone marrow back on the menu. Whoa! The that's we've all been waiting for. That's the
4: the juice. That's when you give a dog a bone. That's what they're going for. That's why they lick the end of your bone, because <laughs> sorry, because they want to get the juice out of your bone. That's yeah, what that is. Yeah, it's like
22: it. the fig in the fig roll, isn't it?
4: Isn't it just sweet, sweet bone marrow?
22: They've given you um, the Daily Mail's given you a nice recipe for roasted bone marrow on toast Whoa, with parsley.
4: Beautiful. It's a bit of parsley.
22: I haven't really been crying out for bone marrow. I don't know how many other people have, but good news if you have. If anyone's ever tried
4: bone marrow, so it's always a, a, a good phone in when you say, what weird stuff have you eaten? it turns out most of the people listening to this kind of show are perverts. I got eaten. a slap
22: once for, um, from an auntie when right. I uh, pointed out that tripe looked like dog food. What is tripe? I wasn't a grown-up child. I was like, about, I was a kid. Here's, here's tripe things, is
4: dog food, isn't it? It is, I think. Here's things you shouldn't eat. Okay. Tripe, bone marrow, liver. Now, black pudding, I don't have a problem with That's just It's blood. It's fried blood. What is white pudding?
22: That's uh, gizzards, I think. I think maybe the rule should be: the further tucked away it is inside you, yeah. the less you're supposed to be eating it. Kelly, what, Kelly,
4: sorry, what do, what, Kelly, what do you think? Um, what do you think uh, white pudding is, Kelly? Oh, She's, she's pretty, too she's busy talking
22: and doing her job. I do, after 80-year eight, courtship, there's a love story that began eight, six years before the outbreak of World War II. Yeah. 80 years on, a couple who fell in love and moved in together in 1933 who decided to cement their relationship by getting married. Too long. Jose Manuel Riella, 103, vowed to give himself to Martina Lopez, his 99-year-old bride. Jennifer Lopez's mum.
24: Do
22: you know what? I think after 80 years, maybe after 50, you give up. I think the-
4: after, if, if you've been together for, for eight years or more, you're not going to get married. Who's breathing? Is there someone asleep in the studio? I can hear some really weird heavy breathing.
22: I think it might be um Hello 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 Hello
4: Hello 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 Hello
24: Gone.
16: Oh
4: Hello What's going on? Is who's there? Me. Who's that? (laughs) Oh, I recognise that boring old laugh.
25: Listen to me, you're talking a lot of tripe as usual. Go on, why? Because I worked, I lived in the tripe shop for years, that's why I can speak excellent tripe. A tripe shop? Yep. A shop that sold solely tripe? No, no, we sold cooked meats as well, during the war. Oh, right. Tripe is, uh, it should be... Green, obviously, because it's the stomach of a cow. Oh, for goodness sake, the stomach of a cow. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. This
22: one was like yellowy
25: white. No, it's not. They actually bleach it, so it should come out white. It's a bleached stomach of a cow. Yummy. It's meat, for goodness sake. But it's really. You eat some very funny parts of a cow. Well, what's the funniest part you've ever eaten? Uh, Trotter.
4: Oh, yeah, I know about people eating the trotters. But
22: no one eats uddders, do they?
25: Yes, they can do that as well. What? Of course they eat the udder.
4: Who has eaten... Uh, pull the other one. Who has eaten... Uh, who has ever eaten an udder in their life? I have. What does it taste like, chicken?
25: Yes, no, it's... Um, it's, it's, it's like everything else. It's... Uh, it depends on what your tastes are, put it that way.
4: Is there a hole in your chest? I can hear air escaping from you, Dennis. No,
25: it's this blasted
4: chair that sweeps. When I oh, OK. It. So so uh, you, you, you've eaten udder. Yeah. Um, you've eaten tri... Would you eat bone marrow on toast? Yes. Why you just dis- You disgust me.
25: Well, I'm sorry. But that's a matter of taste, isn't it?
4: Slam the phone down.
25: No, no, I wouldn't do it. Well, like. I'm going to slam the phone down on you, then. Thank you very much. <laughs>
5: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: On the Barford Bypass, the A421 at Roxton, we've got a partial blockage, a broken down vehicle on the Black Cat roundabout. That's going to cause some disruption for the A421 and for the A1, of course, there. So do approach with care as you come down toward the Black Cat this morning. The A1, other than that, is actually running pretty well toward London. No delays yet on the A1M on the speed sensors. Going into London, though, you're going to find it a little slow going through Boreham Wood from Stirling Corner toward Apex Corner. The M1 is moving well on the cameras. No delays yet through Luton. Harpenden a little slow on the A1081, though. And we've got M25 problems. Anti clockwise, two lanes are still closed because of a broken down vehicle between Enfield and Potters Bar, junction 25 and 24 through the roadworks. So lanes one and two are closed. Traffic's having to get past in lane three. It's causing congestion back to Waltham Abbey at junction 26. Adam Glynn, BBC, Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. It's Thursday the
4: 17th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Buckinghamshire Housing Association is being accused of concealing the true cost of the so-called bedroom tax. Some schools across Buckinghamshire are affected by industrial action today in the row between unions and the government over conditions and pay. Coming up, vests. Before that, Elizabeth with the weather.
23: It's hearts, and bucks. Weather.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
23: <laughs> Good morning. Thank you, Ian. Well, we might just catch one of two showers around this morning. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Sorry, I've got a cough sweet in my mouth. How rude! Taking it out. How then you can't. No, 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 Elizabeth. But I can't get through the forecast unless.
4: I... <laughs> on all those ho- other horrible little local radio stations, you you get your cough sweets, you chew your chewing gum, you read your magazines and watch, you know, Jeremy Kyle. But when you come to BBC Three Counties, Elizabeth, no, 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 no cough sweets allowed.
23: I'm, am I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna struggle.
4: <laughs> I'm you. I'm expecting the best from you. You're a professional.
23: Well, thank you very much, Ian. Well, it's not actually too complicated today. We might see some showers around towards southern areas through this morning, but otherwise, you know, it's not going to be a bad day, particularly this afternoon. That's when it's looking driest. Still the chance of one or two showers popping up here and there, but most places, I think, are going to stay dry, and there'll be some good spells of sunshine. You'll notice that it is quite a mild start as soon as you step outside the door. Uh, we're kicking off between sort of, 11 and, uh, and 12 or 13 degrees, actually, at the moment, and those temperatures will rise Uh, quite steadily to around 17 or 18 degrees by the time we get to the afternoon. That's 64 in Fahrenheit so it is going to feel mild today. Just take your brolly in case you do catch one of those showers. Overnight tonight it will stay dry clear skies, light winds it's all the perfect recipe at this time of year for some really quite dense fog patches into tomorrow morning. So something to watch out for at this time tomorrow and then eventually possibly some outbreaks of rain into tomorrow afternoon. Until then most places staying dry. That's the forecast.
4: Put that cough sweet in your mouth, give yourself a Pat on the back. back. You did wonderfully, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Thank you. See Bye. you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>
6: Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio.
18: If you're at home, sit back, because this is going to be very, very interesting. You've got the selfie, the legsy, the bumsy. (laughs)
20: You're going to
6: start that track. Roberto (laughs) Peroni. We seem to be heading um, headlong into war again. We're very keen to stop this from
26: happening. We don't know where this might lead. The lie that
25: took us into the Iraq war could become a shocking truth in this one.
6: Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Who
4: wants some upbeat, tight harmonies from a brother and sister pop duo from the 70s? Do you know which one this is yet, Catherine? You worked it out? You worked it out?
20: Oh. Yeah? I know it.
4: I'm not asking you. No. Hang on.
22: It's not jambalaya, crawfish pie. No,
4: it's not that rubbish.
22: You're always in my heart from early.
27: Sweet, sweet smile every day.
4: She's got it. We got a great text in about Dennis from Dunstable. A great text. I'll read that in a second. be honest, hasn't that brightened up your day? <laughs> Since I turned my
12: radio on at 6 o'clock this morning, it has brightened up yeah, my day. Yeah,
4: but the, t- the carpenter's singing s- tomorrow. We're going to play Top of the World. We're going to play that. Joe, you've not called in, though. To- oh, Joe, but listen, before we talk about what you've called in for, and it's very important what you've called in for, we've had some uh, a few texts. Let me read one now. I don't know if you heard Dennis from Danceable a few minutes ago t- saying he'd eaten um, udders. Well, uh, Tony has texted him. Ian, nearly every subject you talk about, Dennis has done it. Been there, worked there, tasted it. He even got paid laying down expenses for being a taxi driver. What on earth is this man? Well, I think it does warrant (laughs) some further investigation, Joe. We just don't know what this man is.
12: His name is Topper. Topper? Topper? Toto, yeah, we used to have a guy like that at work called Topper. Every, anything that you've done, he's done better. <laughs> <laughs> he's top, that's topper, <laughs>
4: that's that's you, isn't it, Justin? You're our Topper. Are you outrageous, <laughs> absolutely outrageous.
12: Uh, Joe, you've got
4: some. Uh, I, I wish that were a soundbite. It's not. It's actually the real Justin Dealy, isn't it? It is. Oh, yes. Uh, Joe, you've got some travel news for us. Go on. What have you got?
12: Yeah, clockwise uh, On the M25, there was a broken down lorry which was um, closing the, 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 the t- lane two and lane three. But having been chauffeured down to Kent this morning, they've now shut all three lanes and there is no traffic going anywhere and there's police trying to get through and break oh. down lorries and all sorts. So it's, it's an absolute nightmare. Anyone going anti-clockwise this morning has got no hope of getting anywhere very soon.
4: Oh, I love that giggle in your voice when you know that thousands of other people are potentially screwed. It's not... <laughs> it, no, it's, it, isn't it, so, no, let's be honest. And, and uh, you know, sometimes it's a nice feeling, isn't it?
12: It is. It's it is a wonderful feeling. It's, it's like... You know, thank goodness I'm not sitting in
4: there. Yeah, just tell us where exactly where it is again, Joe, so people can try and avoid it.
12: It's anti-clockwise. Um, it begins at Junction 24, which is the Potter's Bar turn, yep. and the, the, the tailback seems to be going all the way back. Uh, past Junction
4: 26 and towards the M11. So on the M25, wow. Okay, not Joe, listen, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I know it's not nice, Justin, mm. but some if you've just passed through something, or you're driving past really bad traffic, sometimes there's a there must be a part of you that goes, <laughs> no. suckers. Because I'm a nice guy. Oh, for goodness. I'm Here just go. an average nice guy. Alright, Topper. Now, listen, we've got you on. <laughs> Vests. you got a busy morning this morning, by yeah, the way, sorry, so let's, let's, let's crack on. Vests, uh, we noticed that our reporter, Tony Fisher, yesterday was wearing a vest. You wear vests sometimes, don't you? No, no. Oh. Let's get this right. I wear vests in the summer to look cool
11: with my shorts. I would never wear a vest during the winter because it's not cool.
4: And you would you wear a vest in the summer. That's just your top. That's your main <laughs> top, isn't it? <laughs> I like to show a bit of chess. What can I say? Oh, you could say you could apologise for a start. No, now, you love it. Come on. We sent you out to do some research. Are vests popular with people out in, th- in the three counties?
11: Well, yes. Um, I've been asking men if they wear vests. Uh, they are very <laughs> popular. It prompted an angry response from one man but here's what man
28: had to say i do what's your excuse it's just extra insulation keeps me warmer in the winter mm. the, the more laid up you get the warmer you stay i guess really yeah i do yeah you do yeah why
9: i just want to put some layers i don't, i need to feel warm
11: i mean is this something you've always done no it's something which is it's new to me yeah, go son. Yeah, and you're feeling good? Yep. Yeah, can you show me your vest top? <laughs> on, what colour is it? Black. You smoothie. Take care. <laughs> Do you wear a vest top? Say again? Do you wear a vest top? Who? Do you wear a vest top? Yeah. Give me this. Show me. Show me, bad boy. <laughs> wow, look at that. That's white. It's clean. Do you feel good when you're wearing a vest top? Yeah, because it's two or three layers. helps helps the cold, you know. Too early. On, if you were a vest, obviously,
19: can you please leave me alone? Maybe, don't know, could do, don't know. Thank you. Yeah, can you go away now? Thanks, mate.
4: Is it as simple as that, Justin, just asking you to go away now, and you do? Mm, I do, I do. I mean, to be fair, it was quite,
11: you know, uh, a simple question. Do you wear a vest, yes or no? But for some reason he got very, very angry and gave me a a pathetic answer, to be quite honest with
4: you. I thought you were just an average nice guy. Now listen, (laughs) uh, the thing I want to ask, uh, get you to go out and do this morning, we've got lots for you to do this morning, so, Mm. so busy, busy, busy. The front page of the mail, it's in a few of the other papers. Uh, Nice tells doctors to show respect to obese patients The headline is Don't be nasty to fat people Exclamation mark Which which kind of in my mind Means the Daily Mail have made their stance; they possibly think this is ridiculous. Yes, uh, and I do, and I'm saying fat people. I do wonder if that's offensive. So, can you go? I don't know what, quite what the question would be, but could you go out and ask people about our attitude towards fat people, obese people? I will do. I mean, doctors should not be blamed, uh, or should not be blaming
11: patients for being fat. Uh, Sorry, that's a, the, the, this, this this is what it's saying. Oh, the right, Daily yes. Mail is okay, so, yes. so, doctors should not blame patients for being fat, according to these new guidelines. Now. I'm a smoker, so if I got lung cancer, well, you'd have to blame me for getting lung cancer because I smoked in the first place, correct? Correct. So I don't understand what they're trying to say with this. You know, if you are somebody who is obese, fat, call it what you want to, unless you've got a medical condition, surely that's your problem.
4: Now, there are, listen, you, uh, you do lose some of uh, your responsibility in smoking because you are addicted to it. So that, yeah. th- that th- I think, makes things a little bit different. And also there are some uh, um, overweight people who are addicted to food. Their yes. Food addiction is a genuine addiction as, as powerful as smoking, as powerful as drugs and alcohol for some people. Hmm. Uh, and I think they perhaps need to be treated differently. But if it, if it's just, you know, you have five Ginsters for breakfast, then, you know, maybe doctors are right to blame people and, and, and suggest alternate lifestyles. You yeah, know, we can all change our lifestyle. I went to the doctors years and years ago. I was about 16
11: stone and they said to me... What? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Really? I, I was overweight. Uh, you know, I never ate any fruits, any vegetables whatsoever. Everything yep. was fried for me. I was 16 stone. I was very, wow. very unhealthy and I changed my lifestyle uh, and I lost a few stone and I felt a lot better for it. Now, uh, there, there was no medical conditions involved there. I know people in my family who who comfort eat, you know, yep. that they're quite happy to go into into the freezer and eat a whole tub of ice cream because it makes them feel good. Now those people, Justin, you know, it's their fault. Sorry to interrupt. Can I just try something? Mm.
5: Or go away? Okay, mate.
6: It works. It
5: works. Little news for beds, cards, and bugs.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Delays this morning on the Barford Bypass, the A421 coming down to the Black Cat roundabout. It's because on the roundabout we've got a broken down vehicle, it is partly blocking things there. So approach with care if you're coming along the A421 or the A1 on the approach to the Black Cat. Things looking reasonably good on the rest of the A1 and the A1M as you make your way down toward London. Maybe a little bit slow as you go past Stevenage and toward Nebworth, and then definitely slowing a wee bit as you get into London through Boreham Wood with the usual delays past Apex Corner. Got a little bit of traffic on the A1081 in Harpenden. Not too bad, though. Problems on the M25, anti-clockwise. It's a broken-down vehicle being recovered between Enfield and Potter's Bar through the roadworks. Slow, back to Waltham Abbey. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Thank you very much. Oh, 08459 455555. Five, double, five. How is the bedroom tax affecting you? And is the word fat offensive?
6: Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks.
5: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: It's seven o'clock. I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines: Bucks Housing Association in bedroom tax row; Police in Stevenage using a curfew to tackle anti-social behaviour; and Prince William to present Wimbledon champion with OBE.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: A housing association in Buckinghamshire is being criticised for not saying how tenants have been affected by the so-called bedroom tax. Red Kite Community Housing took over 6,500 properties from the council at the end of 2011. Councillor Ian Bates is from Wickham District Council. He says it's irresponsible not to say how many people are in rent arrears.
7: local housing association Association Aragon Housing, which is... um, in uh, Bedfordshire tells us that since April their uh, renters are going up by 9%. I mean, I was concerned that perhaps a similar thing was happening with Red Kite and um, tried to find out but they don't seem to want to tell me.
0: Well, in a statement, Red Kite Community Housing said they declined the request to avoid the information being used to make political points. 47 schools across Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes are completely closed today because of strike action. The action's being taken by members of two unions, the NUT and the NASUWT. 46 schools in Buck's and 18 in Milton Keynes are partially closed. The Deputy General Secretary of the National Union of Teachers, Kevin Courtney, acknowledged that many families would be inconvenienced.
1: We sincerely want to apologise to parents both for the disruption to their children's education and for the disruption of parents' working lives. But we believe that the issues facing teachers are so serious, so damaging to teacher morale, so damaging to the prospect of teacher recruitment, that they are going to lead to a huge teacher shortage, which will be much more damaging for education in the long run.
0: Figures from the NSPCC suggest that more than half of teenagers up to the age of 18 have been asked for sexual images or videos of themselves. Just under half of the 450 young people who took part in a Childline survey admitted having produced the explicit material. 15% of them had sent it to a total stranger. The government's facing calls to make it compulsory for schools to teach children about the dangers of so-called sexting. Traders have welcomed the move to bring in a curfew in the Bedwill area of Stevenage. Police have been given the power to stop young people from hanging around shops, regardless of whether they've done anything wrong. It's in an effort to tackle antisocial behaviour and crime. These residents say it's a great idea.
16: We're not come up here at all. And I will not allow my wife to come up here either. And I'm glad the police, you know, should have the rights to move these youngsters on.
3: It's a bad area at night. There's fights all the time. It's just bad. Someone got stabbed in the hand in a fight over there.
0: Prince William will conduct his first investiture ceremony this morning at Buckingham Palace. He'll present several awards, including an MBE to the Radio 2 presenter Alad Jones and an OBE to the Wimbledon champion Andy Murray. The weather for beds, hearts and books. Scattered showers throughout the morning. It'll then be largely dry and bright for most. It'll be windy, but the winds will ease later in the day. Maximum temperatures of 16 degrees Celsius, 61 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. If you'd won an OBE
4: or an MBE or a knighthood or something... And you got it from Prince William and not the Queen, you'd be gutted, wouldn't you? That wouldn't count as a full one. You couldn't say you had a full OBE. Oh, what was it like meeting the Queen? Well, um... Uh, sorry, what was, what was the Queen like? It's Prince William. Prince William. Oh, right, you're one of those. What's Coming up on the show this morning, the bedroom tax, spare room subsidy, whatever you want to call it. I want to know how you're managing since it came in. I remember before it came in, and as it came in, we had lots of calls from panicked people, from worried people. Was that fear and concern well placed? Or actually, have you found out it's been all right? Cut down on a few things, cut down on your tabs, got rid of your sky. Not bought as many Xbox games, you've been able to pay it. Or have you even downgraded, downsized successfully? Good or bad stories, please, on the bedroom tax this morning. 08459 four double five five double five. Police have been given the power to stop kids hanging around shops in Stevenage before they've even done anything. But do disperse orders just move the problem around and... Are we being unfair on young people? For generations, we've all stood outside Nyssa and Happy Shopper and Spa, haven't we? Why are we picking on them now? And fat people. Are we too hard on fat people? Doctors are being told to be nice by niche. Nice, well, should be niche. If I had my way, it would be. But are we being too hard on them? And is the word fat offensive? Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR... Send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 four double five five double
6: five. Across beds, hearts and bucks.
5: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Do you remember, um... 10, 15 minutes ago, maybe you weren't
4: listening, Joe from Letchworth phoned up to inform us about the travel problems on the M25, and we were both smugly going, isn't it nice... Sometimes when you, you've escaped traffic or you're driving past traffic the other way and you kinda of think <laughs> I'm glad it's not me. Well Joe's just texted him. Shouldn't have been so smug in. I'm now stuck in a tailback on the M eleven. There you go, that's karma. That's literal karma. And no doubt as I drive home today I shall be stuck in horrendous traffic. That's the way of the world. O eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. A housing association in Wickham is being accused of hiding the true impact of the so-called bedroom tax on its tenants. The leader of the district council's labour group says Red Kite won't tell him uh, well, hang on. Won't tell councillors how tenants have fallen behind with their rent since it came in. They say they don't want to get caught up in political point scoring. Well, it doesn't really help us understand what's actually going on, though, does it? Which is why we thought we'd catch up with some people that we spoke to before about the spare room subsidy when it was introduced. Here's Neil Johnson from Putno Morning, Neil. Goodbye, Neil. So, uh, give us your stories. He dropped off. I don't know what that was. We'll get him back, don't worry. Give us a call with your stories. How has the bedroom tax affected you? We've heard on this show and on Jonathan's show, uh, lots of callers, lots of you, telling us how you were worried that you had medical equipment, you had a spare room, and it was used for, because you had joint custody of the kids, or, or family came to stay, and you weren't going to be able to afford it. Well, how have you coped with it a few months on? Has it been a nightmare? Has it been a real problem for you? Or actually, has it worked out in your favour? Have you downsized to a nice house? Have you found the money to make up that drop in benefits? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Have we managed to get Neil back? Is Neil back? No, nope, Neil's not back. We'll, we'll try and get Neil a little bit later on. Um, let's have a look at some of these. Uh, 08459 455 555. We're talking about this story on the front page of the Mail. It's in a lot of the papers. Don't be nasty to fat people! Exclamation mark. Which kind of implies... They've made their, they think this is a little bit ridiculous. I don't know where I am on this. I'm not a fat person. I've never been a fat person. So I don't quite know what the right way around this is. The story goes, doctors should not blame patients for being fat, according to new NHS guidelines. It urges GPs to be more sensitive when dealing with obese patients using a respectful and non-judgmental tone. Well, respectful is right, yes. Doctors are respectful, aren't they? The approach is designed to minimise harm according to the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence. Excellent. With Britain in the grip of an obesity epidemic costing the NHS £5 billion a year, NICE calls on doctors, GPs and other health workers uh, to monitor their tone and not add to the stigma of being fat. Last year it emerged that several NHS trusts are refusing to give certain treatments to fat patients unless they lose weight. Right, well what do we do? What, what, what do you do? This is a genuine question not trying to be controversial or outrageous. I don't know. What words do we use for fat? Big, beefy, bulky, broad? Do we go for those? Chunky, chubby chubs? Are those more appropriate? Heavy. The Americans like to use heavy, don't they? That's kind of their word. Stout, stocky, solid? I don't think we can use obese anymore. I thought obese was kind of taken off the um, the, the list of, uh, of of words that we use. You know, as language evolves. So, are we too hard on fat people? Let's establish the first thing. What word do we use? Is fat an OK word? There was a call, wasn't there, a couple of weeks ago from um, a uh, children's expert. If you have fat children, to tell your children they're fat. Uh, I'm not sure if that's necessarily the way around it. 08459 oh, double five five double five is the telephone number. Give me a call on this one. I don't know what the correct word is, and I would like your opinion, please. What, fat, it feels a little bit... Nasty? I don't know. Bullying? Or is it just an accurate description? Oh eight, four five nine, four double five, five double five, five. Should we have a quick look at the front page of the newspapers? Yes, let's do that, shall we? Let's do that. Let's have a look at the time. City unfit to look after our pension, says Charles. Prince of Wales launches fierce attack on two trillion pounds industry. It's good for him good of him to stand up, isn't it? The multimillionaire Prince Charles to stand up for the common man. The Prince claims the short term ism of city investors was increasing uh, was increasingly unfit to provide for an aging population, and then next to that is a picture of the Duchess of Cornwall stood by loaves of bread, really weird loaves of bread, and also uh, they've got this: don't be horrible to fat people. GPS told doctors should not blame people for being fat. Whose fault is it if you're fat? Okay, if you've got um, if, if you've got food addiction, then maybe it's not your fault. And, and some people will be listening. Is going, well, hang on, food addiction does not exist. Well, yeah, it does. The same with the drug addiction and alcohol addiction exists. But what? Whose fault is it if you're fat? Oh wait, four, five, nine, four, double five five double five. Right. From now on, the police will have the power to uh, move on young people hanging around a parade of shops in Stevenage, regardless of whether they've actually done anything wrong. The dispersal order has been brought in to, in response to residents' complaints about kids being at best a nuisance and at worst smashing up things in Bedwell last night. Uh, our reporter, Justin Dealey, has been there. Justin, what have the locals had to say about antisocial behaviour in the area? Well, Ian, I've been talking to
11: people at the shops in Bedwell Crescent. It's um, not particularly pleasant what they've had to say, but uh, here's some of their views about behaviour in that area.
21: Horrible. Really rough and horrible. Load of youths running about and going in shops and... Knocking people out of the way and everything, honestly.
11: Have you given up going out at night now?
21: Oh, I don't go out on my own no more. I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't go out on my own. It's too dangerous. Well, how
11: does that make you feel? You've done nothing wrong at all, no. but you can't go out at night where you no. live.
21: I mean, I've lived here 30-odd years, but you can't go out no more. I used to go down the bingo. You didn't go down there. You didn't go anywhere because of all these job I was hanging about.
11: Now, from Thursday, the police have got special powers to try and move the kids on. You must be delighted about that.
21: Yeah, ever so. But they just don't move them out of the town. Chuck them in the cells <laughs> where they belong. It's a bad area at night. There's fights all the time.
3: It's just bad. There was, someone got stabbed in the hand in a fight over there. They all carry around knives.
4: Now, Justin, I am worried by some of these people. I don't know what experiences that lady has had. Uh, And, of course, if if young people are going around stabbing each other, having fights, being abusive, well, that's outrageous, and they should be arrested, of course. Mm, mm. But that gentleman there, we don't know they're all carrying around knives. No, we don't. We don't know that. We don't know that a lot of these are just bored 14-, 15-, 16-year-olds who are hanging around Outside spa. I used to do it. It's what people used to do exactly because the kids have got nothing to do can't go to, They can't go to pubs. They don't no. want them necessarily hang out around someone around their mate's house So what do they do they hang out in parks they hang out around shops? You know
11: that man making the point there that they're all carrying knives Yes We know there have been stabbings in that area that doesn't mean that every 14 year old child is carrying a knife with him But it goes back to boredom, you know in that particular area um, Everyone I spoke to said yes, we've got major problems here, but there's nothing for the kids to do. The police from today, they can move them on. If there's a group of two or more, and they think they could be causing harm or distress, they can move them on. That's fantastic, Ian, but they're going to move them on to where? All mm. you're going to do is move these problems elsewhere. You've got to give the kids something to do. You've got to give them a focus.
4: And also, if, if you... Two or more kids just hanging around. please come on. Alright, go on. Move on. Well, they're e- you're right. They're either going to move somewhere else, mm. or what? They're going to go home? We're being told we need to get our young people out of their houses, off their backsides and and out doing things. I mean,
11: what you could do with this, you could actually inflame the situation, because if you have got a group of, I don't know, ten kids, they're hanging around the shop and they're just talking to each other, and, you know, let's give them the benefit of the doubt here just for a second. They are just talking, there's nothing to do, suddenly the police turn up, and they're saying, right, move on. Well, I've done nothing wrong. Nope, you're going to move on, because we think you might do something. Now, that could
4: inflame the situation, and we could see even more problems in Bedwell. Justin, thank you very much. Am I I a minority here who think that the majority of young people are actually alright. They're alright. Some of them are complete, I nearly saw then. Some of them are complete idiots and do go around stabbing each other. Some of them are a bit gobby. Quite a, few, quite a few of them are a bit gobby. It's not illegal to be gobby, though, is it? Really? Most of the young people are alright, aren't they? I think. Yeah, I get a little bit intimidated walking through gangs of, of young people. Of course I do. I think uh, some people do, but that's my problem. It's not their problem. They should be allowed to do that. 08459 455 555. After the news, we'll be speaking uh, to Professor Adam Crawford, who has uh, conducted a study into dispersal orders. What do you think? Would you like to see a dispersal order in your area? So young people, groups of two or more, could be moved on by the police. 08459 455 555. Quarter past seven. Let's get
5: the travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards,
10: and bugs.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio. The Barford
10: bypass is still partly blocked. This is the A421 and it's at the Black Cat roundabout where we've got a broken down vehicle. It's starting to cause some delays. Slow traffic along the A421 and on the A1 approaching the roundabout as well. Police are aware. Further down on the A1M, you've got slow traffic past Stevenage at Junction 7 for the A602. And usual delays if you're using the A1 as your way into London this morning. It's busy through Borehamwood from Stirling Corner to Apex Corner. Long delays on the M25, anti-clockwise. Two lanes are closed off because of a broken down vehicle. They're still recovering that between Enfield and Potters Bar through the roadworks section. It's causing congestion back at least as far as the M11 at Junction 27. It's taking possibly as long as two hours to get through the queues. So that's lanes one and two shut, only lane three open. It was a lorry that had a blowout, which then ruptured one of its hydraulic lines, spilling fluid over the carriageway, so they have to clear that up as well as recovering the lorry. Further round, anti-clockwise, also looking slow from Maple Cross to the M40. If you can update us, 08459 45555, Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 7.16. 7.16. It's
4: Thursday, the 17th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A housing association in Wickham is being accused of hiding the true impact of the so-called bedroom tax on its tenants. 47 schools across Buckinghamshire are completely closed today because of strike action by two unions in a row over paying conditions. In sport, England's women cricketers have won their opening match of the T20 Tri-Series event in Barbados by beating New Zealand by five wickets. The weather for Beds, and Bucks, scatters Showers... From Throughout the morning will then be largely dry and bright for most. Coming up, I'll be speaking to Professor Adam Crawford from the Centre for Criminal Justice Studies. He helped conduct a study into dispersal orders. And what do you think? Would you like a dispersal order in your area? Groups of uh, young people, two or more, to be told by the police go on, move on. 08459 455 555.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you...
4: 30 years ago, Doug Moody set up the Green Bank Music School in Luton with a philosophy that music should be
3: fun. It was getting other people involved just doing everything. I'm just a person that just loves to do things. Nick Coffer. EOS have decided that for their September show, they'll be performing their version of the Tony Award-winning musical Rent. 525,600
1: years. Quirkology follows the clumsy, endearing life of Rupert Quirk a lot
5: of people have actually said, you know, he's just uh, an exaggerated version of himself. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. So, Stevenage,
4: various areas in Stevenage, the police will have the power to move on young people if they just like hanging out. Dispersal order. Um, things have been happening in Bedwell. What do you think? Would you like it in your area? I'm not an expert on these things, but someone who is, is Professor Adam Crawford from the Centre for Criminal Justice Studies at Leeds Universities. Uh, Professor, you've conducted a study into dispersal orders. How, how do they actually work? What's, what's the thinking behind them?
18: Good morning, yes. Um, the thinking is, is that these are exceptional powers um, and that there is a requirement for an authorisation process to trigger the powers and that they are short-term powers uh, in the sense that they are only available for a limited period. I think in the case of which you're talking about, it's six months, which Mm. is the maximum. And I think that raises some real issues about how the powers are used. Um, The report that we published, uh, the title of which was Sticking Plasters and Wake-Up Calls, And I think in in, in many senses that captures both the possibilities but also the challenges and limitations of dispersal powers. So on the one hand, they are sticking plasters in the sense that... They don't address the causes of the problem. They merely allow the police and enforcement tool to use in the short term to disperse.
4: And where do they disperse them to? Do they send them home? Do they send them round the corner to the next street? Where, where do they go? I
18: mean, that varies. I mean, in, in, in essence, the powers don't, don't provide that answer to that question, which I think you rightly raised earlier, which is where do the people being dispersed go to? Uh, the powers only, on, only allow for removal from the area or, in the case of particularly young people, to take them return them to their homes.
4: What problems did you find with the dispersal orders, Professor?
18: I, I think we found a number of what, what we might call uh, uh, unintended consequences. First of all, the dispersal orders can raise false expectations of residents as to exactly what's going to happen, the idea that all of a sudden that... Uh, that the crime problems and antisocial behaviour will be removed, they may, as we also discovered, they may simply be, be displaced uh, to local areas, and that can cause uh, uh, problems for residents in, 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 in neighbouring areas, such that actually there were some areas in which we which studied that uh, neighbouring areas then... then um, had the same recourse to dispersal orders in their areas. So you almost had a kind of ping-pong effect of, of moving, moving mm-hmm. the problem around rather than addressing it. I think the other problem that was often raised was about antagonising relations with young people in particular because dispersal orders clen- send uh, a clear but maybe unintended message about, about uh, people's belonging, about where they can congregate, about what they can do. And as you rightly notice, uh, note that uh, the trigger for dispersal powers is presence, not actually particularly doing anything. All that having been said, we did find that actually the police tended to use the powers in, in quite sensitive ways. They were, they were aware of the, the possibilities of antagonistic relations. But I think one of the real difficulties is, 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 is the way in which that's understood or interpreted by people who, who may have had no intention of or engaging in antisocial behaviour activity, but may have been caught up mm. in the powers, and that therefore those kind of antagonistic relations could be exacerbated during that period I was
4: going to say, Adam, it, it, it's unfair, isn't it? Because young people, 15, 16, 17-year-olds, have, have always hung around outside shops, out in parks, because, you know, there's not they're too young to go to pubs, they're too young to go to clubs, so they, they just kind of congregate and hang out. I, I did it, I know my parents did it, it's it seems a little unfair on younger people. Yeah,
18: I mean, I think, I think and, and also young people often have a very acute sense of fairness, and, and, and if they feel themselves being treated unfairly, that that, that can, I, I think, have uh, uh, adverse uh, implications. But one of, the, one of the real issues, it seems to me, from the perspective of, of, of young people for a moment, is that young people are those most at risk of being, offend- uh, being victims of antisocial behaviour, uh, as well as potentially presenting a risk And I think what the dispersal order does, it constructs all young people as a risk rather than at risk. So when you disperse young people, actually you can make them disperse them into more risky places. And that's what we found in some areas where actually young people were actually being moved away from well-lit shopping areas where they congregated into slightly more vulnerable places, often without other people around, uh, who can often act as, as, as kind of guardians, and so that actually can increase the risks that, that, that young people uh, uh, may face.
4: Are there any solutions, Adam? Did, you, did your yeah. s- report f- find any possible alternatives?
18: Yeah, well, I mean, what, what it did found, and this, this is the kind of positive side, was the kind of wake-up call element. What, what the dispersal order can do, partly because it triggers um, this authorization process, and where it worked well was actually to galvanise activity. So they can provide a short-term re- relief that, that, that draws partners together. So where, where they were used, not merely as an enforcement tool, but part of a much wider, longer-term strategy that actually caused people from councils, from youth uh, services, from the police to actually think about, well, where, where, where should young people go? What's, where's safe for them? Where can actually they be engaged? Um, I mean activities which may not have the adverse implication. There is also some uh, often some quite uh, important intergenerational tensions where older people feel at risk but sometimes they are misunderstood. Mm. Now that that but, but that in addition to that there are also often some real antisocial behavior and crime problems and we shouldn't dismiss that but They need to be addressed in the long term because one of the real um, failings of the dispersal order was what do you do at the end of the dispersal order? Even where they were successful for the short period in actually reducing crime, often by displacement, what do you do at the end? And actually, often that left residents more worried when they came towards the end of the six-month period. And What it often resulted in was merely a, a, a cause to renew the dispersal order. But ultimately, a dispersal order ad infinitum is not an answer. It, it, it should be a trigger to those longer-term preventative problem-solving and partnership approaches to these issues.
4: Professor Adam Crawford from the Centre for Criminal Justice Studies at Leeds University, thank you very much indeed. Would you like a dispersal order in your area, or do you think it's unfair on young people? (laughs)
6: Call 08459
4: 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. The front page of the Daily Mail. Oh, look, there's a picture of Sally Burko. You can virtually see her knickers. Isn't that delightful? But the more important story, I suspect, don't be nasty to fat people. Nice tells doctors to show respect to obese patients. Still struggling to work out what's the correct word to use these days. Lynn's in Hemel. Morning, Lynn.
13: Good morning, Ian. How are you?
4: I'm very well, thank you. I'm a little bit peckish, but I'm very, very well. Fat. is it? Do we use the word fat these days?
13: Well, I'm a bit embarrassed to say this. I'm a bit fattest, if that's the word.
4: Fattest? In,
13: in what way? I find enormously fat people a bit repulsive. Uh, why? I don't know. I think it's... It's like a bit like Justin was saying, and when I smoke, so if I die of lung cancer, that's my fault. Yeah. And I know some people have medical conditions. Yeah. But you sometimes see people, and they're just absolutely huge. Yeah. Especially in the supermarkets, and then you look in their trolleys, and it's full of just rubbish. But they repulse you. Read, I'm talking people who are sort of 25 stone. I'm yeah. not talking somebody who's, you know... 15 stone. I'm talking really, like the people you see on say Jeremy Kyle or in America. People that are massive. I used to go to lunch with a friend and she brought one of her other friends along a couple of times. And this lady must have been 25 stone. And I felt a bit embarrassed because everybody stared at her. And I felt I mean, she was a very flamboyant woman and Wore fantastically bright coloured clothes. She wasn't, didn't feel uncomfortable about herself. But I felt a little bit uncomfortable because everybody just stared at her and talked, you know, in whispers that everyone could hear. And I found I felt kind of embarrassed being with her.
4: Isn't that interesting? Because because uh, did she feel embarrassed?
13: No, she she was a very flamboyant person. Yes, and I assume that. It didn't particularly
4: bother her. So why did it embarrass you, Lynn? I'm fascinated by this, because it's obviously... Did you have fat parents, or was there someone fatting your life as you were growing up? But there's there's something deeper here.
13: Oh, I don't know. I think it's because I felt embarrassed for her. Yeah. Because everybody was sort of laughing at her and pointing at her. And and especially little children. And, you know, children are so lovely and honest. You know, and they say... Oh, Mummy, why is that woman so enormous or fat or whatever? Yeah, they do. And I don't think fat is necessarily a bad word any more than saying someone's skinny.
4: So you think we should stick with the word fat? Do you think doctors need to be, this is what this report uh, suggests, that doctors need to be a bit more respectful and non-judgmental? Or should, Lynn, the doctors say, all right, Fat Steve, you've got to stop eating those ginsters, you've got to go on a diet, otherwise you're going to die. It's your fault.
13: I think, to be fair, I think most doctors I've ever come across are very sympathetic and they're not rude to their patients or horrible, but it's a fact, really, it's like if my doctor obviously wants me to stop smoking, which I'm trying to do, and he doesn't push his foot around it, Mm. and he doesn't have a go at me, and he helps me, I've got things to help me, but yes, of course, if somebody's you see things in the papers, don't you, where somebody really enormous has to go into hospital yep. and have to take outside of their house or something.
4: You don't see that very often. You do see it occasionally. No, you don't see it. A, a, a crane comes thing. and gets them. Yeah, I'm
13: not implying it's a regular thing. Yeah. But when people are getting to that size...
4: Like a grabber on those those things you get at the fairground, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah, yeah. they can't... Yeah. They can not to drop that.
13: They can't even leave the house
4: no. or something. But do you not feel sorry for those people, or sympathy, I or empathy?
13: I feel incredibly sorry for them. I'm no. not. You know, I don't want to hate campaign against me. I, no, I do feel sorry. But I feel sorry for anyone that is addicted, whether they're addicted to food. I don't know,
4: Lim. We have to end it there. I appreciate your honesty, Lim. Being very honest, there. She's fattest. She finds, and this is her words: fat people, very fat people, repulsive. Well, is that a little bit harsh? Or does Lynn have a point? 08 459 455
5: 555. Travel news for beds, cards,
10: and bugs.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio. Some disruption on
10: the trains. London Midland affected between Birmingham New Street and Euston. It's overhead wire problems between Northampton and Milton Keynes Central. Delays and cancellations can be expected as a result. On the road, slow still, approaching the Black Cat Roundabout because we've got a broken down vehicle affecting the Barford Bypass and the A1, not helping the usual congestion around there. Biggles Wade, and on the A1 southbound, we're hearing that it may be partly blocked by an accident. A trailer and a car involved in this one between... Beagles Wade north at Sainsbury's roundabout and Beagles Wade south at the home base roundabout. Thank you to Bill who gave us a call. The A1M southbound is looking busy past Stevenage at junction 7 into London. Slow on the A1 through Wood from Sterling Corner to Apex Corner. Then on the M25 we still have long delays through the roadworks. Anti-clockwise two lanes are closed. A recovery work continues because of a broken-down lorry between Enfield and Potter's Bar. It's taking possibly as long as two hours for people stuck at the back of the queue to get through. Also busy further round from Chorleywood to the M40.
6: Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
6: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: At half past seven, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, a housing association in Buckinghamshire is being criticised for not saying how tenants have been affected by the so-called bedroom tax. Red Kite Community Housing took over 6,500 properties from the council at the end of 2011. 47 schools across Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes are completely closed today because of strike action. The action's being taken by members of two unions, the NASUWT and the NUT. Traders have welcomed the move to bring in a curfew in the Bedwell area of Stevenage. Police have been given the power to stop young people from hanging around shops regardless of whether or not they've done anything wrong. And the weather for beds, hearts and books, scattered showers throughout the morning. It'll then be largely dry and bright for most. It'll be windy, but the winds will ease later in the day. Maximum temperatures of 16 degrees Celsius, that's 61 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Harry Redknapp says he understands why he missed out on the England manager's job to Roy Hodgson. Redknapp has been critical of the way the FA appointed a successor to Fabio Capello last year, a job he was widely tipped to get. But speaking to the BBC, the current QPR manager says Hodgson was the right man for the role. Looking at him, he was probably better equipped and better qualified, maybe Mm.
19: at international level, than what I was. I wouldn't dispute that. He's a very well qualified guy. I haven't got a problem with Roy. I'm delighted, you know, I'm delighted he's doing well. And, you know, no
0: one's disputing the choice of Roy as manager. I really am not. England are set to host Germany in a friendly at Wembley next month as part of their preparations for the 2014 World Cup. The Football Association expects Roy Hodgson's team to face the three-time World Cup winners on the 19th of November. England will also play a non-European nation thought to be either Australia or Argentina. In cricket, England's women have beaten New Zealand by five wickets with five balls to spare in their opening match of the T20 Tri-Series event in Barbados. Tammy Beaumont was named Player of the Match for her 29 from 23 balls as England chased down a target of 110
20: It felt great to get out there and put in a good performance to get the team over the line. We were under pressure when we went in a little bit. you would have won a ball, so it was nice to get out there and see us over the line.
10: Captain Charlotte Edwards started in as well and built a a strong start for the team, but you played a vital role in coming in mid-innings to see the team over the
0: line.
20: Yeah, something Charlotte's done really well over the years. She's not one of the best batters in the world for nothing. She really did get us off to a good start, and I could just come in and express myself with her at the other end.
0: Adam Scott has won the PGA Grand Slam of Golf event in Bermuda. The U.S. Masters champion shot a course record, 64 to beat Justin Rose by two shots. An Eagle three on the 17th hole helped Scott win the event, which brings together the four major champions of the year. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'm back with more at 8.
6: Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Hey up, Chuck. Morning,
4: 08459 four double five five double five. Now, earlier on, we were talking about vests. Uh, d- d- who wears vests these days? Kids, Bruce Lee and old men. That's it. That's it. No one. When was, was the last time you went into Marks and & Spencer and bought vests? I think that's the only shop that still sells vests. They're certainly the only shop that sells gentlemen's handkerchiefs. Esther's in Luton. Esther, you don't like vests, do you? I love them. What? Thermal. Why?
29: They're warm, it, it, and we have a garage, and when we go into our garage to do some work, I put my thermal long johns on and my thermal
24: vest, and it's like a big bear hug, and no-one knows you've got them on.
29: But they're,
4: they're, they're so... Let's, let's be honest. They're so unsexy, Esther. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's nothing attractive about them at all.
29: But no-one knows you got, you're wearing them. Because under your clothes, nobody knows.
4: But, spo- but supposing supposing you, you, you meet... something. I, I don't know. Are you married? Have you got a partner? yeah well supposing he comes home and he's, he's you know he's he's full of passion and he, he wants to rip off your clothes and he's, he does he rips your blouse off he goes oh you got your thermals on let's let's uh, should, we, should we go and watch telly instead
6: he likes
4: them <laughs> oh, 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 oh oh is that is that part of the uh the okay let's let's go no further there but do you, what about when when blokes they are for old men and children really aren't they
29: not necessarily. It's sensible over vanity. You want to be warm. Wear a you know to make warm. You
4: don't sort of freeze. Hey, have you started um, putting your heating on yet? No. Have you not?
29: No.
4: You've done. You've well. Yeah, listen. You've done well. The, two days ago, I put it on for half an hour. Yesterday, it was it was on to, to the point where the boiler stopped working. I had to go out into my garage and try and fix the boiler. Luckily, I worked it out. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you've not put the heating on. That, that's that's uh, very brave of you.
24: Yeah. <laughs> Put a jumper on, put a dressing gown on, you know, a thick pair of socks. OK, oh,
4: put your thermals on. Yeah. Esther, thank you very much indeed. Yeah, we put our heating on. Uh, and, it, and I've done that, Esther. I've, I've put the jumper on. I have put the, uh, the cardigan on. I've done all of those things, thick socks. And it was just too cold. I treated my family by putting the heating on as I walked out of the house at a quarter past four this morning. So they'll wake up, nice warm house. Huge electricity and gas bill. All right, guys. All right, guys. You know, my, my wife's really annoying me at the moment. We've got this this heated radiator, uh, heated clothes source. We've mentioned this before. She's always turning it on to dry the clothes. Just let the dry. Cl- and, and I go and turn it off. I go back ten minutes later. It's turned on again. Just turn it off. Just switch it off. For goodness' sakes. <laughs> Yeah, well, yes, a tumbler in the garage, that's not a bad idea. Uh, on the subject of dispersal orders um, and curfews, Ian, I would welcome the dispersal order where I live, says Lee and Sandy. I recently called the police to ask if they could move on a group of youths that were purposely targeting my property and waking up my 14-month-old baby. When I called the police, they told me they wouldn't send out any officers and I just had to deal with it. Huh? What? What? <laughs> because the police didn't have the resources. that's ridiculous. Going back to when I was a kid, we had nothing to do either, but we didn't carry knives, we didn't show disrespect to our elders. Well, okay, there's a few things here. Yes, if young people are breaking the law, then of course you should be able to phone the police, the police should come round, give them a boot up the backside, chuck them in the back of a car, put them in a cell. And I didn't carry knives when I was a teenager. But some people did. Hey, the 50s and the 60s, mods versus rockers, knives anybody, razor blades up your sleeves anybody? And not all young people carry knives now, Lee. I, th- I do think that the, um, the Daily Mail has done the, the, and I, It is the Daily Mail. Has done, has done this country an injustice. Done our young people an injustice. They're not all bad. Guess what? Some of our young people in this country are fan-flipping-tastic. They volunteer to do things. Some of them sit on their backsides playing Xbox all day. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes, some of them go out causing trouble, having fights and stabbing people. It's always been the way. It's always been the way. Uh, Helen and Milton Keynes. Teenagers used to gather outside the shops, mainly the off-licence, begging for cigarettes, but were always moved on. The group that hung around... Excuse me, Mr. Can you you buy us a fag? Buy us a packet of fags? No. Can't do that, I'm afraid. The group that hung around shops had been kicked out of local youth clubs as they caused trouble. I knew them from school and I felt intimidated by them. Well, what do you think? really, I I do think we do our young people a disservice I'm going to make up a statistic here why not, I'm going to make up a statistic I reckon that the percentage of little so and so's that carry knives, compared to those that are decent, hard working young people I reckon that percentage has been the same for the last 30 or 40 years, I reckon you go back to the 60's that the percentage of people carrying knives was the same as it is now now, that figure has been completely made up by me it's not based on any scientific data So you can shoot it down in flames if you want, quite easily, I I guarantee. But I do think we do our young people a disservice. Most of them are nice. Most of them are nice. Uh, On the subject of uh, being nice to fat people, Adrian Ho says, If you're fat, you're fat. Tell it like it is. Howard says, uh, um, I don't feel sorry for anybody who's grossly overweight. Simply stop eating too much food. It's as easy as that. Go and do some exercise. There's far too many overweight people putting a massive strain on our health services. it is. I don't think it necessarily is as easy as that for some people. Some people are addicted to food in the same way they're addicted to drugs and alcohol and whatever it may be. Kerry says, why should we pussyfoot around people? They need to know they're fat so they can do something about it and stop being such a drain on the NHS. Perhaps if people were told they were fat, it would shock them into action. Or, if you tell them they're fat, it might shame them and, uh, to the point where they go and eat some food as a, se- a sense of comfort to try and regain some control of the situation and some of their self-worth. Obesity costs the NHS millions every year. That money could be better spent on cancer drugs. Well, what do you think? Oh, 08459 five, 555. Double, five, double, five. We're talking about this because the Daily Mail's front page is don't be nasty to fat people. NHS guidance urges GPs to be more respectful and uh, take a non-judgmental tone. Well, Justin Dealey, you've been out and about this morning uh, getting people's reaction on this. What have, what have people been saying?
11: Well, Liam, I've got a, a very interesting clip coming up here. This man doesn't wish to be named, but I put the question to him, does he have any sympathy for people who are obese? And here's what he had to say.
28: My wife was, was a, a big lady and the doctors were forever, ever going on about her weight her weight all the time, non-stop. And yet you look at some of them, (laughs) it's pot, cold and kettle black, some of them. How did it make your wife feel when doctors were were constantly going on about it? Terrible. Absolutely terrible. In the end, she was frightened to go to the doctors. She passed away three years ago, and and she didn't want to go to the doctors in the end, because they just kept on about her weight all the time. So these new guidelines saying that doctors should have more
11: sympathy... You welcome with open arms then
28: yeah oh yeah definitely yeah why pick on these larger people? Did your wife have a medical condition? Yes, yeah, she did yes yeah, yeah, she did have a she was uh, diabetic and uh, that but uh, how can I say it she uh, used, we had we used to have a dog and she used to take the dog for a walk every day and that and she was the bait was falling off of her and then one day she went to the doctor's and her blood pressure was up a little bit because of it. And they changed her tablets, and she suddenly found that she, her feet were swelling up. She couldn't walk, and then they. After that, it was all about her weight, non-stop about her weight.
11: I mean, the doctor clearly had your wife's best interests at heart.
28: It was just the way that that was communicated to her. Oh, I should imagine so, yeah. But uh, no, they should have a little bit more sympathy for overweight.
4: Well, people. this is sorry to This is the thing, Justin. A lot of uh, people eat because uh, they have low self-esteem. So if yep. you go to the doctor and "Right, you're fat. You've got to stop eating." Well, that's going to increase the low self-esteem that's going to fill you with shame, so you're going to go back and eat to try and make yourself feel better. I totally agree. And you know what? Before the
11: programme, I think I was quite brutal about this. I was saying, well, you know, I used to be quite overweight. I think there's no excuse if you are overweight, but it's all in the tone. Now, when you hear stories like that, his wife was scared to go to the doctors. The message was there for her own benefit, but it was the way that was communicated, it was done in the wrong way, and it made her scared to go to the doctors. It's the same with me when it comes to smoking. You know, eventually... I'm going to have to give up smoking, but if somebody says to me, oh, give up smoking, it's dirty, it's filthy, you're weak, you can't give it up,
4: that's going to make me want to smoke more, isn't it? I was going to say, are you like, I used to smoke years and years ago, be ten years in February, uh, are you like me? When it's a um, uh, no-smoking day in March, or stop- we didn't have Stoptober back then, but someone would say, you should stop smoking, I'd go and spark up. Exactly. I'd smoke more on no-smoking day. It's,
11: it's exactly the same. You know, doctors, I think, uh, have got to be encouraging. Based on that clip there, they should have been encouraging that lady, but she felt every time she went to the doctors, she was hassled. And that's why she gave up going to the doctors. It got that bad for her.
4: Justin, thank you very much. Fascinating stuff. On the Facebook, Steve uh, says... Um, Using the word fat unnecessarily labels people. You don't hear skinny people being called bone or people with depression being called sad. You do sometimes hear people say, Oh, he's a bit miserable. A little bit miserable. You get people called skinny. I get called skinny quite a lot. I'm not as skinny as I used to be, to be honest. But, uh, and, uh, oh, Simon says, Bring back uh, Tina Beloveth Powers, Ian. Uh, Well, it was a regular feature. We're thinking. we am thinking. Next time, if Justin's off on holiday, we get the the, the the doctor to come on and replace him. No, we won't. There'll be more on that story. We are following that story very closely. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Are we too harsh on fat people? Interesting, really fascinating stuff there that Justin got from that gentleman. His wife felt bullied, felt picked on because of the doctor. Refused to go to the doctor. Do we need to tone down our language? All of the people who are saying we shouldn't pussyfoot around, Kerry's saying that. They need to know they're fat. Um, I'm assuming, I'm guessing, you're not fat people. We need to speak to some fat people today. We've had Lynn who says she is repulsed by fat people. If you're a larger person, how does that make you feel? That one of our callers is repulsed by you. How does that make you feel? 08 oh,
5: 459 five, 455 double, 555.
10: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Delays at the moment at the Black Cat Roundabout. It is still partly blocked by a broken down vehicle. So that's affecting the Barford Bypass and the A1 this morning. Further down the A1, around Biggleswade, we're hearing reports it is partly blocked by an accident, a trailer and a car involved in this one between Biggleswade North and Biggleswade South, the two junctions with the A6001. Further down the A1, it's looking busy past Stevenage on the A1M, and it's also slow into London as you go from Stirling Corner to Apex Corner through Boreham Wood. Watford, very heavy on the Eastbury Road. There's been a traffic light failure at Deacons Hill and the Oxy Road Junction. Thank you to Pauline, who gave us a call on that one. Very busy on the M25 as well. We've got problems anti-clockwise, a spillage. It's a hydraulic fluid spill after a lorry had a blowout. That means the lorry is still being recovered and that spill is being mopped up between Enfield and Potter's Bar, junctions 25 and 24 through the roadworks. So two lanes are closed, only one open. It's causing delays well back into Essex this morning, back as far as the M11. Things also looking quite busy on the A6 and the A507 where they meet in Clop Hill. On the trains, London Midland reporting disruption, Birmingham New Street to Euston. They've got overhead wire problems between Northampton and Milton Keynes Central. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much Adam. More from him in 15 minutes. 7.46 It's Thursday
4: the 17th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Buckinghamshire Housing Association is being criticised for not saying how tenants have been affected by the so-called bedroom tax. Packs. Traders have welcomed the move to bring in a curfew in the Bedwell area of Stevenage. And in sport, the England manager Ray Hodgson says players have six months to prove he should select them for next summer's World Cup in Brazil. Coming up, well, if you're a parent, you may know this already. Teachers across Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes are on strike today. Has it affected you? Are your kids off home? 08459 four double five five double five. We may speak to you in a bit, but before that, here's the weather with Elizabeth Rattini.
6: Hearts and Bucks weather.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
23: Hello, very good morning to you. I think we'll more or less escape these showers that are just plaguing parts of London at the moment. We might just see one or two pop up towards southern areas of the Three Counties as we head through the rest of the morning. We could just see one or two showers pop up again into the afternoon. So if you are going out, then I would take your brolly with you because you might just catch one of these showers. And locally, they could be quite heavy as well. But I think for most of us, it is going to be a dry day. And there'll be some good spells of sunshine as well. It's a mild start to the morning and where we get the best the sunshine this afternoon. Then we're looking at 17 or even 18 degrees later on in Luton, in Milton Keynes and Ellsbury. Stevenage as well, 17 degrees Celsius here. That's uh, 63 in Fahrenheit, so it's going to be a mild October day and there will be some sunshine around. Just watch out for the possibility of one or two showers popping up here and there. Overnight tonight, it will stay dry. The winds will be lighter tonight. Lots of clear sky. so we will see some rather dense mist and fog patches form into tomorrow morning that could be quite slow to clear. Lows tonight, 10 or 11 degrees Celsius so it is going to be reasonably mild over the next couple of days or so. Uh, Tomorrow morning's fog will gradually lift into low cloud the breeze will pick up and we'll see some outbreaks of just light rain and drizzle by the time we get to the afternoon. That's the forecast.
3: Every consumer problem has an unhappy customer.
6: They've actually deleted the
13: main account instead of attaching my one to it. We ordered it and when we got home we checked the measurements and it just will not fit.
29: A company. We've asked the council, now they come up with a new excuse. It's not them, it's down to the wave. And he said, well I'm sorry, that's your
3: policy. Oh well maybe next time you'll learn not to open the box. And me getting to the bottom of it all.
16: And they confirmed that they would return my excess and that my no claims bonus would not
13: be
6: affected. The JVS show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. Weekdays from 9. BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: 08459 oh, 4555. double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. And the subject of fat. Don't be nasty to fat people is uh, the front page of the Daily Mail. Um, lots of texts here. Morning, some people who are large cannot help but be fat. I have an underactive thyroid and sleep apnea, and both those contribute to being larger. Do they, Andrew? I don't know. Andrew's in Windsor. Well, wow. do they? I don't know. Is that, is that, is that an excuse, or is that a, a legitimate thing? I'm constantly trying to lose weight. I even went to those horrible tablets, but can't be by the loo all day uh, and be worried about accidents. I feel doctors need to be aware of, uh, more aware of patients' records and the patients. Um, Janet says, please not keep slating the Daily Mail. This is the paper that was prepared to take on the Lawrence killers and expose the MP's expenses scandal, etc. We need a robust press who keep us informed. You are just as acerbic. Yes, I know. Uh, Phil, and that's the beauty of this show, and indeed the beauty of the Daily Mail, if if beauty could be found in such a hideous thing. Phil the Fruit says, make a law that says all large-sized clothing must have the word greedy stamped all over it. Again, this will make them think twice. Phil, no, come on. Helen Milton Keene says, uh, people assume that those that are overweight don't own mirrors and are unaware of the excess weight they carry. Of course they know. I gained weight after surgery, which was a known cause of that type of surgery. Please don't read out my name, as it's embarrassing. OK, I don't think I did. Um, and one more of these. Tony says, we have to be careful calling people fat. Doctors need to be more sympathetic too. A doctor told my mum off for being overweight. Well, Ian, my mum died. She had cancer of the ovaries. They did not diagnose this until it was too late. My mum was upset by the lack of care from her doctor. People do not choose to be fat. Mick's in High Wycombe. Morning, Mick. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay, thanks. Where do you stand on fat people?
30: Well, I'm a bit fat myself, so, you know. And for that woman to say that she finds fat people repulsive, may I tell her straight right now, we think the same about you, your attitude, love. And this little bit of fat I've got, well, I'd rather that keep me warm at night than you.
4: How fat are you? are referring to Lynn, who we spoke to about uh, 30 minutes ago. How how big are you, Mick?
30: Well, I should be down to about a 34 waist, but I'm actually 36 to 38. Right. right now, my weight went on short. you know, after I stopped smoking for health reasons. Uh, at the moment, I've got type 2 diabetes, which is. Is
4: that because quite of your size? Manageable. Yeah. Is that because of your size the diabetes?
30: Well, my grandmother was a diabetic so it might be just something in the family there. Right. But know, the, the,
4: the 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 size wouldn't have helped, would it?
30: No, maybe not, but then she wasn't exactly oversized herself, what it all No, it
4: would have. but what I'm saying is if you if you have a propensity towards uh, uh, something like diabetes, then 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 being overweight could possibly bring that on a bit quicker. Yeah, How,
30: yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean uh, yeah. How tall I are mean, you make? Uh I'm a cute little five foot four. You're
4: five foot four, with yeah. with a thirty eight inch waist.
30: Yeah, more Th- or less. That
4: is that is big, isn't it, Mick? Yeah. How much do you weigh? And do you know?
30: Um, probably about twelve. To, I don't think I've weighed more than thirteen stone.
4: Really? When was the last time you weighed yourself?
30: I don't know. You know. But I don't care about this stupid woman's age. No. She's obviously speaking out of sheer ignorance. I make no excuses for what i'm saying if she can come around and say things like that then you know she's got to suffer the consequences herself who are other people to criticize when i see these people get up and i walk and they walk on walk like the good lord jesus did when they can perform miracles and be perfect then maybe they might have a bit of room to criticize other people, but, but I'm Mick, telling you now, Mick, I don't like her attitude. She could be the most beautiful woman in the world, Mick. but my tummy is going to keep me warm on a cold night in bed, which is more than I'd let her do. But Mick, but, but be honest,
4: you don't want that big fat tummy, do
30: you? It's mine.
4: Right?
30: It's mine. It, but but you don't want tummy. it. Yeah, I what? don't mind it. But you
4: said you're trying to lose weight, so obviously you do have a. I slight never
30: p- you said I was trying to lose weight. Right. I never said
4: that. Now, whose fault is it? You're, you're that size, Mick. Whose fault is it? You're fat. Well, it's just
30: my my my, tap, tap, my metabolism slowed right down Whoa. after I stopped smoking. So. Now, now, Mick. I'll oh, come off of it. That, Mick, that, that silly, that silly old, that silly bird. No, mate,
4: no, no, Mick. Know? No, We've done the research, Mick. I've let. Uh, listen, let's not have too much of a pop at Lynch. She came on his own point. You've you, you've made yours, but. That's an excuse, isn't it, to say that your metabolism slowed down when you gave up smoking. I don't think that, yeah. that happened. I gave up smoking, <laughs> and I, I gave up smoking, I put on a tiny little bit of weight, saw what was happening, and I, I kicked it into check. Yeah, there,
30: there, few, okay, there's a few people who don't put on so much weight when they stop smoking, but the most people that I know who stop smoking did put on weight like a bit a fair bit.::
4: how, how big were you when you were smoking?
30: I suppose I was about 10 stoneish.
4: Right. What what size? Uh, what size waist?
30: Well, I don't know. It could have been a thirty-four, something like that.
4: It's thirty-four for a, for a, 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 a five-foot-four fella. That's still big, isn't it? Yeah. So you were a big fella anyway.
30: Yeah. Well, I'd rather be me than Lynn, Put it that way.
4: But is this is this you being a little bit defensive? Do you think, Mick?
30: Oh because, yeah. Because because you. Oh, I have a right to be
4: defensive when people like... when unqualified people like me take a popper's. Uh, but... what? what I would, would defend, myself. No, I, you you defend are defending, myself. You are defending yourself robustly, Mick, and, that's, and, uh, and uh, I, I'm sure our listeners are enjoying hearing you defend yourself. But uh, seriously, Mick, be serious. You know you're putting your health at risk. You've got diabetes, which I would suggest has um, uh, um, prompted... Uh, you know, has brought on, been brought on by your size, certainly made you know, brought on quicker by your size, you're at risk of heart disease, you're at risk of, of dying. Mick, you don't want that, do you? Uh,
30: we're all going to die one day. Yeah, we're but you're going to die a lot quicker because well, of your size. We're going to die and it doesn't, doesn't bother me. I mean, we're all going to die one day. Don't even bring that into the conversation for crying out loud.
4: But, but, but you're going to die a lot quicker than me, probably.
30: Probably. Not necessarily. Not
4: necessarily, but there's a stronger chance you'll die before me.
30: Like you, know, you could go, one of us could go out now, go out of our homes, or in your case from work today, and get run over by the well, number nine bus. I suspect
4: That's the right. bus would see you better than he saw me, to be completely honest. Yeah. Yeah.
30: But, but you, 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 In that you... case, he's going to likely cra- grab you if he doesn't see you. Well, th-
4: exactly, there you go, you see. But Mick, you can't, uh, have you got a partner in your life? No. Would you like one? Yeah. Why do you think you haven't got one?
30: Well, I don't know yet. How old are you But make? You see sort the of thing, I mean, I'm 52, now, and I've had, I've had a few, I've had girlfriends yet, yeah. but, you know. Do you think your size could got, be... My size has got nothing to do with it. I did have a girlfriend for for three years while I was this size, you know. So, you know, and she never complained about my size, I, so she was about, she was only about eight and a half stone herself.
4: And you genuinely think that your size has nothing to do, it, it, to do with the fact that you're, you're single at the moment? I'm just asking.
30: No, it hasn't.
4: Okay. And you're happy What's with...
30: wrong with personality rather than looks? To go with some, to, to refuse to be with somebody because of their size or their looks is a very shallow person, and I wouldn't want that kind of person within a hundred miles of me, let alone have a relationship with.
4: And Mick, are, hand on heart, are you... It's there. Okay, you got it there. Is, Are you happy with your size? Yes. Mick, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Um... Fascinating. 08459 oh, double five five double five. Tony's uh, on the line. Morning, Tony. Hello, Ian. Tony, we've only got a minute, so sorry about that. But, but t- t- tell me your, your story about... Uh, it's your mum, is it?
2: Yes, yes. Go um,
4: on.
30: She's, not, she's not with us anymore. She went to uh, the doctor's countless times uh, with pains in her tummy, and uh, she was getting a bit large. And the doctor gave her all sorts of tablets, IBS and so on. And... Um, rushed to hospital and she had ovarian cancer and uh, it wasn't diagnosed until too late and they the doctor just moaned at her for, for her her oh, weight it's your weight that's making you ill it's your weight that's making you unhappy and they didn't get down to the root of the uh, illness just just looked at my mum and said it's your weight
4: and the, the doctors are constantly saying it's your weight it's your weight how did that make mum feel
30: very upset, you know. She used to go home, cry to my dad all the time, and say that she's tried all the diets. She used to go to Weight Watchers and everything, and nothing helped.
4: And it was ovarian cancer that she had. Indeed, Tony, I'm sorry for the loss. I, I really appreciate you giving us a call this morning to, uh, to tell us that story about your mum. Thank you very much. Oh eight four five nine four double
5: five five double five. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds,
10: cards and bugs.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Disruption on the rails, London Midland and Virgin trains are being affected. It's overhead wire problems between Northampton and Milton Keynes Central. They could both have delays of up to half an hour as a result. On the roads, slow on the Barford bypass and the A1 coming toward the Blackcap roundabout, there is still a broken down vehicle on the roundabout, not helping with the congestion. Further down the A1 through Biggleswade southbound, partly blocked by an accident. A trailer and a car involved between the A6001 at Biggleswade North and Biggleswade South. Southbound A1M is busy past Hitchin towards Stevenage. There are delays into London on the A1 through Borehamwood, Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. The M1 is looking pretty stop start southbound from Luton towards Redbourne Junction 10 to 9. A little slow on the A5 through Dunstable. The A10 definitely busy on the approach to the M25 through Chesant. In Watford, heavy traffic on Eastbury Road after a traffic light failure at Deacons Hill. And on the M25, severe delays after a breakdown earlier through the roadworks section that has now been removed. Lanes are open, but the delays remain. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. Well, this uh, debate about being fat and are we too
4: cruel to fat people has really got you excited. Give us a call. We'll speak more after the news.
6: Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks.
5: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: It's 8 o'clock, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, Bucks Housing Association in Bedroom Tax Row, Traders Welcome Curfew for Part of Stevenage, and Prince William to present Wimbledon Champion with OBE.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: A housing association in Buckinghamshire is being criticised for not saying how tenants have been affected by the so called bedroom tax. Red Kite Community Housing took over 6,500 properties from the council at the end of 2011. Councillor Ian Bates is from Wickham District Council and he says it's irresponsible not to say how many people are currently in rent arrears.
7: Local Housing Association Association Aragon Housing, which is in Bedfordshire tells us that since April their rent arrears are going up by 9%. I mean I was concerned that perhaps a similar thing was happening with Red Kite and um, tried to find out but they don't seem to want to tell me.
0: Well in a statement Red Kite Community Housing said they declined the request to avoid any information being used to make political points. 47 schools across Milton Keynes and Buckinghamshire are completely closed today because of strike action. The action's being taken by members of two unions, the NUT and the NASUWT. 46 schools in Buckinghamshire and 18 in Milton Keynes are partially closed. Traders have welcomed the move to bring in a curfew in the Bedwell area of Stevenage. Police have been given the power to stop young people from hanging around shops, regardless of whether they've done anything wrong. It's in an effort to tackle antisocial behaviour and crime. Professor Adam Crawford is from the Centre of Criminal Justice Studies at Leeds University. He conducted a study into dispersal orders and told Ian Lee this morning that he's not sure orders are the answer
18: young people often have a very acute sense of fairness and 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 if they feel themselves being treated unfairly that that, that can I, I think have uh, uh, adverse uh, implications but one of the one of the real issues it seems to me from the perspective of of, of young people for a moment is that young people are those most at
0: risk The Director of Public Prosecutions, Keir Starmer, is promising child sexual abuse will be investigated and prosecuted differently from now on. It's as he issues the final guidelines for dealing with cases. Prosecutors are advised to focus on the credibility of an allegation rather than the weakness of a victim. Prince William will conduct his first investiture ceremony this morning at Buckingham Palace. He will present several awards, including an OBE to the Wimbledon champion Andy Murray. In sport, the England manager Roy Hodgson says players have 6 months to prove he should select them for next summer's World Cup in Brazil. Hodgson will name a provisional list of 30 players on May the 13th before selecting his final 23-man squad on the 2nd of June. And the weather for beds, hearts and bucks. Scattered showers throughout this morning. It'll then be largely dry and bright for most. It'll be windy, but the winds will ease later in the day. Maximum temperatures of 16 degrees Celsius. That's 61 degrees Fahrenheit. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
4: Thank you very much, Barry. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. Wowzers. It's cold, it's wet, it's miserable. I'm kind of loving it. I did enjoy having to go out in the cold and wet last night trying to get the boiler to work. Boiler stopped working. Oh, I enjoyed that. I felt like a man. I took my tools, a couple of screwdrivers and a pair of pliers. Well, it's uh, in, uh, well, it's, you, it's kind of in the annex. It's not in the annex, it's not. It's in the garage. boiler's in the garage. So we're a little bit posh. Not very posh, a little bit posh. Uh, and I was banging it and fiddling around with it and twiddling knobs, and I, fi- I finally got it to work. The water pressure had dropped, if you're interested. And I found the knobs that, that boosted the water pressure up. while Wallop, heating. Yeah, I'm, I am a man. I am a man. Lots coming up between now and JVS at 9 o'clock this morning, including... The bedroom tax, spare room, subsidy. I want to know how you've been managing with it since it came in. Police have been given the power to stop kids hanging around in Stevenage before they've actually done anything. But do dispersal orders work? Would you like one in your area? And are we too hard on fat people? Doctors being told to be nice by nice. What do you think? A Little bit of tension this morning. Lynn has told me that she found fat people repulsive, and Mick, who's five foot four with a thirty eight inch waist, basically told her to get knotted. O eight four five nine four double five five double five. You can text eight one three double three, start your text three CR, or you can go to Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash BBC
5: three CR.
6: Across beds, hearts, and bucks,
5: this is BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Now If you're a
4: parent in Buckinghamshire, you'll probably know this. Teachers are on strike across Buckinghamshire today. Members of the NUT and the NASUWT, teachers' unions, are upset over what they call their excessive workload. Too much bureaucracy and changes to their pay and pensions. I'm joined now by Graham Hussey, who is the NUT's Divisional Secretary for Milton Keynes. Morning, Graham. Why are teachers going on strike today?
26: Good morning. It's um, one of the reasons... Well, the main reasons for going (coughs) going on strike this morning is the increase in workload... A change to teachers' pay and um, a change to teachers' pension, all done without consultation with the unions. It's just Michael Gove's great big plan.
4: How many teachers are out on strike today?
26: It's, it's the majority. So it, in Milton Keynes itself, all, all secondary schools are closed, and with primary schools, it's down to individual, uh, individual classes, but there are a few that are, are closed.
4: The, 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 the thing is, Graham, that everyone's going through this, aren't they? Everyone's uh, having reduced pay. Everyone's having uh, changed pension uh, schemes. Why are teachers so special?
26: Um, I wouldn't say we, we are special, but it, it, it's the fact that it's been done without negotiation, that Michael Gove has decided he's not prepared to talk to teachers, he's not prepared to take on board what uh, discussion with the professional unions, and this is the culmination... Of his intransigence, it the it's a national campaign. the The first strike took place in the north of England before the summer holidays. The Midlands were out two weeks ago, and it's the turn of the South now. And hopefully, this will bring the government round to negotiate. That's all we're asking. Did for. the it's previous negotiation.
4: Pr- did the previous strikes have any effect? Uh, the previous strikes,
26: yes. Uh, in they,
4: terms of the government agreeing to negotiate with you, it,
26: it has success in the fact that when they first touted the change in pension age uh, there were assurances for those who were already reaching the, the top end that they wouldn't have to stay on to 65. What about the pupils? Uh, well uh, well I sympathise with parents who've got to find alternatives.
4: No, 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 I, didn't, I, no I didn't ask that What about the pupils?
26: Uh, no, I accept that and while I sympathise with them in the long term it's in the pupils interest to have highly motivated, highly paid Workforce who, who want to do the best for the children at the present moment. But you're not doing the
4: best for the children today, are you? Because today, lots then lots of them aren't in school.
26: But it's it's a it's a, sh- it's a one-off short-term effect. If if the changes go ahead, then entrance uh. to the then entrance to the profession will drop. Teachers w- who are struggling with workload will be off sick. As a result, there will actually be less teachers in the classroom, yeah. and as a result, the education of, t- of the students later on will be so much more re- affected. So, yes, while I accept that... So, Graham, this is, is
4: a one-off, then? You said this is a one-off. This is a one-off strike. This won't happen again.
26: It's, it, well, at the present moment, there is no further action planned. However, so it's not necessarily a one-off? It's, it's whether or not the government will, will negotiate with the professional unions.
4: So it's, it's not, it's, it, 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 you said it's a one-off, but there's, there's potential for it to, to happen more than once.
26: There There is potential there. It comes down to whether or not the government is prepared to negotiate. It's not the teachers But what if that, there's... What
4: if, well, it, it is the teachers that are going on strike, te- Graham. So
26: it's not the teachers that have picked the fight. It's the fact that the government won't negotiate. The, the, well, it's, the government have done the same with the health service workers. Yeah. Where they promised them a 1% pay rise and then they're tr- trying to renege on the deal. They're doing the same with firefighters saying that, you know... And you
4: you, what about the parents who are having to take time off work? It's costing them money. That's not fair, is it? No, when it's every, not. When everyone's no, struggling, When everyone's struggling to pay the bills and feed the kids, for, for parents to have to take days off work, that's not fair at all, is it? It's no, a bit but selfish. You're,
26: but you're picking, you're picking on the, the wrong people. The teachers are not responsible for taking the strike. Well, action. no, the, the teachers are the, responsible they're for the not. strike. They are reacting to okay. a government who won't talk to them.
4: No, but Graham, Graham.
26: So, what, what's our option?
4: Graham, the, the only <laughs> Graham, the only people who are responsible for the strike are the people who are striking. That 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 seems obvious. You, the, the unions balloted the, the teachers; they voted for a strike. They have to take responsibility for the strike. That seems as, disingenuous. As a
26: result, that's disingenuous. No did, as a result, to no, blame it on the government. It's not disingenuous. As a result of the government not willing to talk to teachers, the teachers have been forced into no options but to take this action to hopefully f- get the government to negotiate with, with the teachers.
4: And if they don't, you'll keep taking the action?
26: You'll yes, keep, you'll but, keep but, costing but, parents but, money
4: and, and losing kids their, their education?
26: But it's a short-term effect, and it's not the fault of the... That they're taking strike action as such is the fault well, of
4: Graham. In- you have to accept responsibility as a union member. Um, it is um, your um, responsibility that um, you're on strike. No one else's responsibility. You voted for the strike, so we, it's we your responsibility. the
26: strike as a yep. last ditch resort because okay. the government would, would not talk to the unions.
4: Graham, thank you very much. Graham Hussey, NUT's divisional secretary for Milton Keynes.
6: Call oh eight four five nine four double five five double five.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio. A Buckinghamshire Housing Association is being accused of concealing the true cost of the so-called bedroom tax. Basically, a lab- Labour councillor says they won't tell him how many tenants have got behind with their rent since it came in. They say they know Labour's promise to repeal the spare room subsidy and they won't supply information to be used to score political points which seems a bit, you know, kind of political, really. It doesn't help us get a picture of what's going on. So we thought we'd get personal stories, your stories. If you want to give me a call with your stories uh, of the bedroom tax, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I'm going to speak now to Christine Cullerton from Shefford. Last time we spoke, bedroom tax was about to come in, and you feared that you could lose your home, didn't you, Christine?
24: Yes, I did, um, because um, when it was first introduced, my decision was, because there's a shortage of one-bedroomed properties in the area, um... I decided that I was going to continue to pay the extra proportion of the rent myself um, but was then informed by my housing officer that if I chose to do that and then got into arrears, the, the local authority would be under no obligation to rehouse me right. because I'd be seen as making myself intentionally homeless. So what
4: size, how, what size property were you in? How many bedrooms?
24: I have two bedrooms.
4: Right, two bedrooms. And it's just you living on your own?
24: It's me living on my own. Oh. I actually... Oh,
4: moved... hang on, it's, it's not you on your own. Who's that in the background? <laughs> That's Shadow the dog. OK, well, you, so you, you're in Shadow there, and I'm sure yeah. he can sleep on the end of your bed if he wants. So so what <laughs> what has been the outcome? Are you still in the same property you were in?
24: I'm still in the same property I'm in. Um, I moved here in March 2011. Um... And I moved from a three-bedroom property because I was conscious of the housing shortage and um, aware that I was a single person. My children had grown up and my youngest son had left home. So I was a single person living in a three-bedroom mm. property and took the decision to downsize. Um, I applied to my housing association for a transfer. Um And waited about three months and nothing seemed to happen. And then by chance, I met somebody with a young family looking for a three-bedroomed property. So we agreed to do an exchange.
4: Um, So what what are you doing to make this work now? How are you finding the extra money?
24: I have been very, very lucky in that I had built up credit on my rent prior to the bedroom tax coming in. Um, So I have a cushion Hmm. of money at the moment that's enabling me to pay a very small amount of the rent myself and the credit I've built up is covering the rest of the rent and that keeps me going until April next year.
4: Okay, then what happens in April next year? Are you going to have to cut back on on heating or food or are you going to have to get a job? What's going to happen?
24: I am already cutting back yeah. on heating and food and everywhere I can in order to meet the additional cost of the rent um, and council tax, because I'm now also responsible for a proportion of the council tax. Um, and I'm, I'm managing at the moment just about. There is nothing I would like more than to return to work. Unfortunately, I suffer with ME or chronic fatigue syndrome, Um, and it's just not possible. I may be able to do some kind of part-time work in the future, but I know that there's no way I can return to full-time employment.
4: Are you worried about what's going to happen to you in April, when that cushion runs out?
24: Ian, I worry on a daily basis. I have worried since the bedroom tax came in. I just feel... When I first moved here, I loved the area. I've got a very good support network of friends and neighbours... I attend the local church. I feel part of the community. Um, and I saw this house as my home. I no longer feel that way about it. It's just a roof over my head. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Um, looking at it realistically, there's no way I can stay here on the long in a long-term basis because I just cannot afford to pay.
4: And have you considered downsizing? Is that an option? downsizing if, again.
24: If there was a one-bedroom property in this area, then yes, of course I would consider, and I would have considered moving to a one-bedroom property when I was leaving my three-bedrooms. Um, it wasn't an option. There aren't that many one-bedroom properties available. Um, I could move into a warden-controlled bungalow, but I I have an illness. I'm not completely infirm and i feel that there was somebody out there with more needs mm. who would benefit from a warden control christine
4: contract. one question, final question how big is shadow because i can hear him panting in the background <laughs> while you're talking <laughs> he's doing he's, he must be huge
24: he's um a samoid so um, he's a what a Samoid, a Husky.
4: Oh, oh. <laughs> no wonder I can hear him. Christine, listen, lots of luck to both of you, and I appreciate you coming on this morning. Thank you very much.
24: No problem Can I just say one thing in yeah, on. before you go? I understand that um, the government need to address the issue of saving money and addressing the housing shortage, and I agree to an extent with that. What I don't understand is why this council tax, this bedroom tax is only targeted at people of working age, um, those on benefits. When I moved here, I was paying the rent myself and I was working full time. Unfortunately, the stress of the move brought on my illness again and I've been unable to work since moving here. Mm. I didn't intentionally decide, as seems to be implied, that... I assumed that I would move here, I thought, oh yes, I'll have a two-bedroom property and I'll expect taxpayers to pay the rent for me. That wasn't my intention at all. Um, There's nothing I would like more than to be able to pay the rent myself. And the irony is, if I was doing that, I wouldn't be under this pressure. To move to a one-bedroom property, I would be left
4: alone. Christine, we, we have to end it uh, just because we're out of time. I, I hope you feel you've got your point across, and I hope you don't think I was in any way implying that at all. I'm, I'm sure you're speaking about society at large. That's Christine Cullerton from uh, Shefford, 455 four double five five double five. Right for the last time, a very sad farewell. A little bit, t- I'm a little genuine, a little bit emotional. It's the last one. It's uh, travel with Adam Glynn. <laughs>
10: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Not quite the last one, but almost the last one, but uh, emotional nonetheless. Right, London Midland. Problems as you go from Houston toward Birmingham New Street. They've got overhead wire issues between Northampton and Milton Keynes, causing delays of up to half an hour. Virgin affected by this as well. Delays at the Black Cat Roundabout after a broken down vehicle earlier. That's now been moved, but the A1 and the A421 are both looking very busy. Further down the A1 through Biggleswade, part blocked by an accident car and a trailer involved between Biggleswade North and South. A1M heavy from Hitchin to Stevenage. A10 very busy down toward the M25. There have been problems on the M25 all morning. It's Still, big queues anti clockwise after a breakdown through the roadworks. That's Enfield to Potters Bar with congestion well back into Essex. Further round, slow Chorleywood to the M40. And in Watford, heavy traffic because of a traffic light failure on Eastbury Road around Deacon's Hill. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Thank you very much Adam, it's 8.18, it's Thursday the 17th of October, I'm Ian Lee these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio A housing association in Buckinghamshire is being criticised for not saying how tenants have been affected by the so-called bedroom tax Hertfordshire Police have been given new powers to tackle anti-social behaviour in parts of Stevenage, an evening curfew's being introduced in Bedwell Oh you smell really, nice. I've just got a waft of you Thanks. Oh gorgeous Hertfordshire Police, sorry it put me off my stroke a bit there, Hertfordshire Police <laughs> (laughs) have been given new... Oh, no, we've done that bit. Uh, In sports, the England manager, Roy Hodgson, has challenged players to... uh, Football, football, football. (laughs) The weather... He's he's not really saying anything. He's just saying play well and you can play in the World Cup, (laughs) but that's ages away, so forget that. The weather, it's cold, it's wet. Coming up, JVS.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: So far this season we've already brought you 59 commentaries for United and on just live on BBC Three Counties Radio involving 67 different teams and 185 of these and Steven
29: are in
3: the-
5: Today will be no different with another four live games: Watford versus Derby, MK Dons host Rotherham, Stevenage away to Walsall, and Luton's match at Tamworth. Choose your team to listen to in Three Counties Sports Saturday from two on BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Local and indeed vocal. Just talking about Darren Day there. You don't yeah. see Darren Day much these days. I think Darren Day used to live in Whitwell. Did he really? Think so. He was good. He had a, he had a good career. Good looking lad. Did, did summer holiday live stage show. Got, got into trouble, I, I, I think we can say safely with drugs, he got into trouble with drugs uh, and got engaged, what, five, six, seven times? I think so. I met him once. Very nice bloke. I wonder where he is now. He might still be in Whitwell. Well, if he is, give us a call. Come, Come on. on a f- growing watercress. Come in on a Friday and, and sing some songs with us, Dan. it would be, nice, be nice to have you on the show. Mm. There we go. JVS is here. Morning. It's Issey that you're wearing. It is Issey Miyake-ya. We're allowed to say that on the air, I think, aren't well, we? Well, you just have. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's the best scent a man can buy. No, we <laughs> no, we're not allowed to say that. I've just, the BBC we're not allowed to say that. I used to wear it <laughs> a long time ago. I need a scent. The thing is, scent is so expensive. You want to get a good scent? Yes. So expensive. And I'm trying to save a few pennies at the moment. I'm just closing my Amazon account. I use it too often. Uh, and um, I do. <laughs> I've just sent them in there. I said, Can you close my account, please? I can't stop buying rubbish from your <laughs> site. Uh, so I'm, I'm
3: putting off buying a scent. I might treat myself at Christmas. Yeah, splash out. Quite literally. Why not? Don't you ask for it for, for birthday presents and Christmas presents? That's what I do. I
4: yeah. I, I, well, I asked for <laughs> last year. I asked for my mum to get me. Uh, so I, I, I'm I'm partial to a little bit of Prada. I think it smells delightful. Oh, smells that's wonderful. that's
3: real expensive. Nice. That is, yeah,
4: posh. Uh, and my mum said I couldn't get the aftershave you, you you wanted, so I got you one from Boots. It only cost ten pounds, <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and it smelt like it, Mum. Did it really? <laughs> it smelt like it. Um, Thanks very much. Do you know the the one I hate? Yes. If anybody wears it, I hate it. Are you allowed to now? Are you allowed to say this on the radio? I don't know. Okay, go for it. Well, it's personal per- personal, personal choice, opinion. Yes. Kuros. Ugh. Kuros. Have you ever smelt Kuros? I, I've not smelled it. I, it, it it's oh, a it's a good name.
4: Disgusting. Well, can I just 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 for legal reasons because this is partly my show. Those are the opinions of Jonathan Vernon Smith and not in any way the opinions of myself or the BBC. I'm I just sure just don't like the smell me, of it. Let me get us out of legal trouble. I'm sure I would thoroughly enjoy the uh, delightful scent, the musky aroma of Kuros. Miggy, don't say any more.
3: What's coming up on your show today? Coming up on this morning's big phone in this morning from nine, I'm asking, is it time we stopped blaming fat people for their size? The health watchdog, as you've been discussing in nice, they've told doctors they shouldn't blame patients for being fat. Instead, they should be respectful and encouraging in order to minimise harm. They've even uh, been told not to use the word obese in favour of the more gentle term overweight. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views on this story. It's all over today's papers. Is it time we stopped blaming fat people for their size? Do you think it is being counterproductive? Do you think we should be much softer, much gentler with people? Do you think doctors should stop calling a spade a spade and be a little more sensitive? Your views from nine. Is it time we stop blaming fat people for their size? 08459 555 <laughs>
6: Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Lots to cram in between now and JVS at nine o'clock. And uh, if you've never listened before, I thoroughly recommend it. There's some cracking stuff. And as you've heard this morning, we've had some very passionate calls about this size issue. Um, Lynn, who uh, said she found... Have a listen to this. Lynn finds fat people repulsive. If you missed the call, it'll be in the podcast tomorrow. She finds fat people repulsive. Then Mick phoned up. Mick is five foot 4 He's got a 38-inch um, waist. And he was furious with Lynn. Furious. Now, both of those will be in the podcast. As will. The podcast tomorrow will also include lots of you've been asking what happened at the graduation ceremony for Dr Tina um, Beloved Powers. Okay? If you don't know who... Powerful. I do apologise. Powerful. Um, she runs the Harvard, Harvard School mix-up thing. There was a graduation ceremony. We sent Justin Dealey there. He got some cracking audio. Really takes the story on a little bit more. That went out on Monday. That will also be in the podcast this Friday as well. So don't panic. You haven't missed that. Now, the police have been given the power to stop young people hanging around shops in Stevenage, regardless of whether they've actually done anything. The dispersal order has been brought in around shops in Bedwell, where there have been complaints about kids making a nuisance of themselves, intimidating people and smashing things up. Our reporter Justin Dealey has more on this. Morning, Justin. Hello, Ian. How bad is the problem? You've heard some pretty bad stories. Yeah, pretty bad. It's
11: um, gangs of youths here in the Bedwell area. Some people say the situation has been out of control for for quite some time. I spoke to locals on Bedwell Crescent yesterday, and here's what they had to say.
21: Horrible. Really rough and horrible. Load of youths running about and knocking people out of the way and everything, honestly.
11: Have you given up going out at night now?
21: Oh, I don't go out on my own no more. I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't go out on my own. It's too dangerous.
3: It's a bad area at night. There's fights all the time. It's just bad. There was, someone got stabbed in the hand in a fight over there. They all carry around knives. a lot.
17: I haven't had anything indirectly done to me, but I've seen things go on, and that could easily be me I've seen fighting, um, there was an incident at the shops, you know, where an old lady got pushed out of the way and just gangs and... and you
11: actually saw that, didn't yeah,
17: you? Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, drug dealing, other, you know, lots of incidents.
11: So this lady, the, this older lady, w- was walking to the shops and the I ewes came up to just her. she'd got
17: her fish and chips. She'd just got her fish and chips and there was an incident that had gone on at the shops and they were just running riot, jumping over the cars... Everything. It was just mayhem. It was like a scene out of a film.
16: We're not coming up here at all. And I won't allow my wife to come up here either. It's really got that bad. Yes. And I'm glad the police, you know, should have the rights to move these youngsters on.
4: Well, listening to that is uh, Labour Councillor Richard Henry, who's the Executive Member for Safer and Stronger Communities at Stevenage Borough Council. Uh, morning, Richard. I'm assuming this was, this
2: was a last resort. Good morning, Ian. Um, well, this is something that obviously we've been concerned about for quite a while, and that's why we've um, worked with the police and got the Section 30 dispersal order um, implemented.
4: Uh, what's
2: what size problem we talking? Is it a small group of young people? Is it lots of them? Well, as in any any of these instances, it's usually a small minority um, who do the you know the the more intimidating things, which you know some other young people are attracted to that sort of. Um, behaviour, it's not just um, um, children we're talking about, it's young adults as well, sort of, you know, late teens, early 20s, and that's um, one of the concerning things, that these people have got nothing better to do, and we're very, um, you know... um insistent that this isn't going to be tolerated in stevenage
4: the thing is with the dis- dispersal orders we, we spoke to a professor who studied them. Yeah. They, they, they they're flawed aren't they because what you're doing is you're moving someone along what half a mile to somewhere else so it's all three or four streets along so the problem will just be pushed out to other areas
2: well if, if you look at the extent of the area it's not just the you know the immediate area we're we're talking about we're looking at the whole of Bedwell and in Stevenage we have got a track record of these things working, there used to be problems in other parts of the town where a section 30 order did work because it gives the police and PCSOs um, the the ability to directly contact uh, these people and say this is unacceptable move on. Move on to where? Uh, move out of the immediate area because, you know, as as the listeners were saying earlier on, they're concerned about going to the shop. So it moves them. So move around. out of bed,
4: well, but move on to another area to cause trouble. Well, because we that's know, what
2: will happen, isn't it? We we, we know that if if um, young people are cons- consistently moved on, then they get fed up, and you know they'll go home or um, you know go and play you know computer games or whatever other things that they do. So it does actually work, you know.
4: But I thought we wanted our young people... It seems a little unfair on the innocent young people. Yes. And it's, it's going to build resentment, isn't it, between them
2: and us? Um, it's only going to be um, when, pe- when, when the police have got grounds... That is, if they're causing a disturbance or they're concerned that they're going to be causing a disturbance, they're moved on. You know, the vast majority of young people in this town are really good residents and citizens. It's just a small minority that we want to um, affect.
4: Okay, well, that's interesting. So if you've got a group of five kids hanging outside the newsagent, and they're just hanging outside the newsagent. The police wouldn't
2: go and ask them to move? I I hope not, no, because, you know, I'm I'm sure all of us have been young at one point and, and hung around and chatted with our mates. It's not aimed at all young people, it's aimed at those that are causing harassment and hassle to, um, you know, all the residents of the town.
4: Uh, Richard, I appreciate your time. Thank you for clearing that up. We, we, we will keep an eye on that, I suppose. We, Richard uh, Henry there, the uh, Labour councillor, executive member for Safer and Stronger Communities at Stevenage Borough Council. If what he said is accurate, then that's great. If, you know, if you're a group of five kids outside um, the, the newsagents or outside your, your uh, spa, do you still get, I keep saying spa, I don't think you get spa anymore. Seven Eleven. that's what you get these days, isn't it? Uh, if, you, if you've three, four, five, six kids, just kids, 16, 17, 18-year-olds, listen to me, Grandad, stood outside um, the Seven Eleven. you won't get moved on. You'll, you'll be allowed to do that. Can we keep an eye on that and make sure that's the case? I think we need to, uh, to investigate that. But, Richard, thank you for clearing that up. 8.29, let's get the travel.
5: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Not a good morning for the M25. If you're making a clockwise journey, there are problems round in Essex. Beyond the M11 toward the A12 at Junction 28, an overturned vehicle being recovered now, but that's causing queues all the way back to Enfield at Junction 25 and delays of around an hour. Anti clockwise, they've closed off a lane again through the roadworks so they can finish to recover the broken down lorry between Enfield and Potters Bar. That's delayed all the way back into Essex, so very slow going. Further round, anti-clockwise, Chorleywood to the M40 is busy and through Watford, delays along the Eastbury Road because of a traffic light failure at the junction with Deacons Hill and Oxy Road. To the A1, and you've still got slow-moving traffic at the Black Cat Roundabout. We had a breakdown earlier. That's been moved, but it's still slow. Through Biggleswade, a bit busy, but the accident is now gone between Biggleswade North and South. The A1M looking slow past Hitchin towards Stevenage and into London. The A1 in Boreham Wood is queuing on the camera Sterling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. It's stop-start on the M1, as you go from Luton toward Redbourne. The A10 is extra busy because of all the M25 problems as you go through Chesant down toward the M25. And on the trains, disruption for London Midland. This is because of overhead wire problems, Northampton to Milton Keynes Central. Delays of up to half an hour are possible, also affecting some Virgin Train services. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Adam, can I just say, on behalf of everybody working here at BBC Three Counties... Well, not everybody, actually. On behalf of several people... On behalf of a handful, let me just speak for myself. It's been a real pleasure working with you, mate. Thank you so much for everything you've done, and I wish you the, the very best of luck with whatever you choose
5: to do next. Thank you. I'll see you in 15 minutes. Thank you very much. What? Across beds, hearts and
6: bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: It's half past eight, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, 47 schools across Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes are completely closed today because of strike action. It's being taken by members of two unions, the NUT and the NASUWT, in a dispute over pay, pensions and working conditions. Traders have welcomed the move to bring in a curfew in the Bedwell area of Stevenage. Police have been given the power to stop young people from hanging around shops, regardless of whether they've done anything wrong. It's in an effort to tackle antisocial behaviour and crime. Plans for a new tax on payday loan companies will be set out by the Labour leader Ed Miliband later. The money raised from companies such as Wonga would be used to fund low-cost alternatives such as credit unions. And the weather scattered showers throughout the morning. It'll then be largely dry and bright. For most, it'll be windy, but the winds may ease later today. Maximum temperatures of 16 degrees Celsius at 61 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Harry Redknapp says he understands why he missed out on the England manager's job to Roy Hodgson. Redknapp has been critical of the way the FA appointed a successor to Fabio Capello last year, a job he was widely tipped to get. But speaking to the BBC, the current QPR manager says Hodgson was the right man for the role. Looking at him, he was
19: probably better equipped and better qualified, maybe Mm. at international level, than what I was. I wouldn't dispute that. He's a very well qualified guy. I haven't got a problem with Roy. I'm delighted, you know.
0: I'm delighted he's doing well, and you know, no one's disputing the choice of Roy as manager. I really am not. England are set to host Germany in a friendly at Wembley next month as part of their preparations for the 2014 World Cup. The Football Association expects Roy Hodgson's team to face the three-time World Cup winners on the 19th of November. England will also play a non-European nation thought to be either Australia or Argentina earlier in the same month. In cricket, England's women have beaten New Zealand by five wickets with five balls to spare in their opening match of the T20 Tri-Series event in Barbados. Tammy Beaumont was named Player of the Match for her 29 from 23 balls as England chased down a target of 110.
20: It felt great to get out there and put in a good performance to get the team over the line. We were under pressure when we went in a little bit. you would won a ball, so it was nice to get out there and see us over the line.
10: Captain Charlotte Edwards started in as well and built a, a strong start for the team, but you played a vital role in coming in mid-innings to see the team over the line.
20: Yeah, that's something Charlotte's done really well over the years. She's not one of the best batters in the world for nothing. She really did get us off to a good start, and I could just come in and express myself with her at the other end.
0: In golf, Adam Scott has won the PGA Grand Slam event in Bermuda. The US Masters champion shot a course record of 64 to beat Justin Rose by two shots. An eagle three in the 17th hole helps Scott win the event, which brings together the four major champions of the year. BBC Three Counties, news and sport. I'm back with more at nine.
6: Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Yes. Coming up, we'll be talking about broadband. How fast is your broadband? But before that, the front page of the Daily Mail, don't be nasty to fat people! Exclamation mark! The exclamation mark seems a little bit of a a, a punch into the gut. By the Daily Mail, doctors should not blame patients for being fat, according to new NHS guidance. It urges GPs to be more sensitive when dealing with obese patients using a respectful and a non-judgmental tone. Are we too hard on fat people? The text, Jackie says, I have an, uh, an underactive thyroid for which I take medication. I'm not fat. Too many people blame their glands. Stop eating the wrong food and exercise. Well, about, um, just over an hour ago, we spoke to Lynn. Lynn... Lynn had some very strong feelings about fat people. Have a listen.
13: I'm a bit embarrassed to say this. I'm a bit fattest, if that's a word.
4: Fattest? In in what way?
13: I find enormously fat people a bit repulsive. Uh, Why? I don't know. I think it's... it's like a bit like Justin was saying and when I smoke so if I die of lung cancer that's my fault yeah. and I know some people have medical conditions Yeah. but you sometimes see people and they're just absolutely huge yeah. especially in the supermarkets and then you look in their trolleys and it's full of just rubbish Lynn
4: spoke very honestly and very openly she was repulsed by fat people now, a little bit harsh perhaps but that's her speaking her truth, Mick called in uh, shortly after, and was uh, was was not very happy that Mickey is a big lad. He's fifty-two. He's five foot four. He's got a thirty-eight-inch waist. Wow, that's big. He blames it on uh, giving up smoking. Now some people do have a food addiction. and I know that some of you are scoffing at this as you eat your crunchy nut conflicts. but some people do have a food addiction. It's the same as uh, a drug addiction, alcohol addiction, gambling addiction. It's, it's to take yourself out of yourself and uh, uh, cover low self-esteem, all kinds of issues. So they eat to feel better. They feel shameful and guilt about eating, so they eat more to feel better. It's a, it's a cycle. So for those people, it's a different thing. But for, But for some people, it is... It's just... Laziness Is that the right word? Stupidity? Ignorance? The thing I hate, the thing I really hate, and I do, I, uh, this, I haven't got a problem with fat people at all, because I haven't, you know, do what you want to do. I do have a problem with fat kids. I do have a problem when you see a three-year-old, a six-year-old, who's fat. And what a surprise, generally, generally, their parents are quite fat. I do have a problem when it's passed down to kids. As an adult, yeah, do what you want. I'm not really that fussed. But when you're passing it down to your children, that's when I have a real problem. 08459 oh, four double five five double five. Are we too h- harsh, too nasty to fat people? Or do we need to speak a little bit more openly? I've never been fat. I've never, ever been fat. I've always been skinny, not as skinny as I used to be. But I've always been slim. So I need your stories on this. I need you to tell me about this one. If you are big, if you've been big, if you you have strong opinions on big people, oh eight, four, five, nine, four double five, five double five. And do we need to be a bit harsher when it's kids that are fat? Do we need to take the parents to one side and say, Hey, come on, don't pass your problems down to the next generation. You can break this chain here. I oh, wait four five nine four, double five, five, double, five, Now, uh, some of the teachers in Buckinghamshire are on strike they 're arguing over pensions and pay and things like that um, Ian's in Shefford, Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Ian. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you, mate. What, what do you think about these teachers that are on strike today?
29: I always said stop whinging. Um, if I had as much holiday as they had, then it, 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 it'd be lovely. It would from come up at 8 o'clock, half 8, till about about 3 quarters at 4 4 o'clock, and they have three weeks off at Christmas, and six weeks off in summer, and two weeks off at Easter, and two or four half terms a year, and they still won't. The roads too much. I'll be working from six o'clock through till six o'clock today. You don't hear me moaning and going on strike.
4: But teachers, Ian, they don't—they don't start school at eight thirty and finish at half past three, do they? they? they get there, you know, early to prepare. They often stay behind Isn't late. It? They take their work home Isn't with them.
29: Really? Do they? A little bit of a little bit of marking here and there. they I—I I had a teacher at, at my school that used to turn up with the kids at the same time as the kids. They don't turn up. There. They'll have you say that they, they'll have you believe that they turn up at half seven and, and they get home at six o'clock and then start marking through till ten o'clock. Absolute rubbish. Doesn't happen at all.
4: So what, what, do, you, what, what do you think about them uh, striking today then, Ian?
29: I think they should get back in the classroom and stop depriving the kids of an education and stop costing all these
4: parents that are innocent all this money for childcare and having to have days off work. Ian, thank you very much indeed. Ian, strong views on teaching? If you want to have your say on that, you're more than welcome. 08459 four double five five double five. I suspect the last 20 minutes of the show are going to be feisty, indeed fiery. Um, on the subject of fat people, Dave's in Luton. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Ian. Dave, what would you like to say? The people
16: I call fat is to see their stomachs sticking out, hanging down to their knees, over their belts. That's what I call
4: fat people. Well, you've just reminded me of one of the worst things you can see, okay? I like a little bit of uh, midriff, a little bit of tummy showing yeah, in I the know summer. Yeah, I going to say. But you yeah. see, you, when you see fat women wearing those crop tops and yeah. their fat bellies are still. Oh, f- no, 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 but no, it's, no. It's, well,
16: it's exactly the same as the men, isn't it? When you see them, yep. the, the guts. ...sticking right over the belt, down to the knee. But can I just say, can I, can I just flag this up? I'm, I am not knocking fat people.
4: I like a little bit of shape. I don't like these skinny women. I like a little bit of shape, but there's a time and a place.
16: Well, that's right, but it's... Now, I've got this thing, as a gentleman said this morning to you, I've got this thing called ileal belt syndrome. Oh, yes. Which causes bloating.
4: I know all about the IBS, yes.
16: Right. Now, I've got this bloating. I've got I know this IBS and of. this bloating. Yes. Now, if you were to see me, I hope you wouldn't say I was fat...
4: Well, if you if you looked fat, I, I would probably think it.
16: Well, then i would put you on the floor. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> One, sit on me? Yeah, you could do that but, if you were fat. But when I was at school, I was always known as Porky because mm. I was a tubby boy. And how did and
4: being serious now, Dave? How did that make you feel?
16: Great, because we all had nicknames: right, Porky, Skinny, um, overweight. We used to have names for people, but when I left school and went off to work, all my flab went. Yeah. Now I've got this arthritis. Now I have to walk. Yes. So, so I don't seize up. Yeah. Now that's the wish reason. wish your mouth why. would
4: seize up? Huh?
16: But, sc- Sorry? Excuse
4: me. Sorry. Excuse me. Pardon. Excuse me. What is this Hang on a second. No. I'm just being handed a piece of paper by producer Catherine. Hang on a second, uh, Ian. Catherine,
16: Catherine this... didn't say that.
4: No, Ian. This piece of paper says, uh, Ian. No, this he's... is the Dave that you've banned several times. Dave, is that true? No. Go away. Uh, James is in Luton. Morning, James.
31: Yeah, yeah. Hello, mate. What I want to say is, why is everything ske- uh, geared to uh, fat people these days? Uh, what do you mean? I, right, I'm skinny. I can eat what I like. I can't put any weight on. Yeah. Right, uh, but if I go shopping, I go to the supermarkets. All I can buy is low calorie, this fat removed, this sugar taken out, there. Yeah. Everything's geared to fat people. Why are fat people trying to rule the world? Because they're fat.
4: So are you saying, James, <laughs> that um, apart from fat people wanting to rule the world because they're fat, you're, you're saying that you would like to buy extra extra fat? Coke and um, extra uh, extra sugar in all of your things
31: yeah I'm not even saying extra fat I'm saying like yeah. why can't I buy anything without having stuff removed because they're catering for fat people why can't people like Tesco's have like a skinny for slim people
4: that's really narrow so that, that only skinny people can walk down
31: Yeah, that would be a good idea. They could do that on some fast food chains as well.
4: Now, listen, our tongues are slightly in our cheeks here, and I don't want people to think that I'm having a knock because because I'm I'm genuinely trying not to. Do you think that that, that fat people, they do get a tough time, James? They do get a a hard press.
31: Uh, I I don't think particularly they get a hard press, but sometimes, especially in Luton, when you walk round, they're not exactly doing themselves any favours.
4: What do you mean by that?
31: Because you'll see the uh, fattest, fattest families... And they'll, they'll be the ones in uh, burger chains and that sort of stuff. And you're looking at their trolleys in the supermarket, and they'll have all the crisps and all the fatty chicken nuggets and all that sort of stuff. So they're not doing themselves any favours.
4: OK, James, uh, I appreciate and sometimes, that. Yep.
31: And sometimes, sometimes the way they dress,
4: yep.
31: they don't do themselves any favours. W- hang on a second. How would you like them to dress? Uh, well, dressed like a normal person. Don't wear skinny leggings if you're like sort of 20 ton. Well, they, but, they, but but you
4: can't dictate how they dress. They, they, and they are normal people.
31: Yeah, I know, but other people have to walk around the street and look at it. Uh, and you'd rather not? No, it's like something, you know, everybody might have a medical condition, but you can go to some. But
4: but listen, they're, listen.
31: To they're, helping yourself.
4: Listen, they're, they're human beings. They've got feelings. Yeah, they They've I, got not, feelings.
31: Yeah, I'm not saying they're not human beings. I'm just saying like you've got to help yourself sometimes. And you know, like skinny people and normal size people get forgotten, and it's all the emphasis on larger people.
4: James, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Well, you've heard that. 15 minutes to give us a call if you want. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you are larger, how did you feel that James referring to, to um, well, people my size as normal people? You shouldn't wear tight clothes. Does that hurt? Honestly, when we spoke to Mick earlier on, he's a big lad, and he said he was happy with the way he was. And I have to take, his, take him at face value. If that's what he says, I have to go along with that. I suspect there's, there's a bit more to it than that, but I have to go along with that. When you hear things, hear calls like James, how does that make you feel
5: as a larger person? <laughs> Travel news for
10: beds, cards, and bugs.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: M25 delays this morning. Clockwise slow from the A1M toward Potter's Bar through the roadworks. Also very busy then from Enfield at the end of the works all the way through into Essex after an accident earlier in Essex near Junction 27 and 28. Coming anti-clockwise, we've got one lane closed through the roadworks. Severe delays while broken down lorry continues to be recovered between Anfield and Potter's Bar, and that's causing delays well back into Essex as well. Further round empty clockwise, you've got queues from Maple Cross to the M40. Very slow through Watford this morning. There's been a traffic light failure on Eastbury Road, and this is at the junction with Oxy Road. We've recently had a call from Paul about this. He said that, quote, it's mayhem. So it's very slow round there this morning. You've got extra delays on the A10 through Chesant with all of the problems on the M25. The M1 southbound is stop start from Luton to Redbourne. On the A1, you've got slow traffic at the Black Cat roundabout. Busy hitch to Stevenage. Stop start into London approaching Mill Hill through Boreham Wood. And on the trains, London, Midland and Virgin have delays of up to half an hour possible Birmingham to London because of overhead wire problems between Northampton and Milton Keynes. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Thank you, Adam. 847. It's Thursday, the 17th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Schools across Milton Keynes and Buckinghamshire are being affected by strike action today. A Bucks Housing Association is being accused of concealing the true cost of the so called bedroom tax. Coming up in the last 15 minutes of the show, fat people and teachers. 08459 455 555. Before
5: that, let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rizzini.
23: and Bucks weather.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
23: Hello, very good morning to you. Well, it's a pretty nice day outside. We continue to see the good spells of sunshine last into the afternoon. The cloud coming and going at times. Most places across the three counties are going to stay dry. What we might just see is perhaps one or two showers pop up here and there into the afternoon. So take your brolly just to be sure. But I think most places are going to stay dry. It's been a mild start. And it will continue to feel mild into the afternoon too with highs of 16 or 17 degrees quite widely. That's 63 in Fahrenheit. Overnight tonight, we'll see clear skies, light winds. We're likely to see a good few mist and fog patches develop to develop into tomorrow morning. So poor visibility for tomorrow morning's rush hour. Temperatures overnight down to 10 or 11 degrees Celsius. It's going to stay reasonably mild for the next couple of days or so. Expect to see some outbreaks of rain though by the time we get to tomorrow afternoon. That's the forecast.
4: Thank you very much.
25: The bugle sounded and we made the charge.
21: 100 years ago, stories Stories began. began. Suddenly, everybody's sons and brothers and husbands were soldiers, but never ended.
16: They
7: came down like... That was the noise the bullets made as they came down.
21: If you've got a World War I connection, we want to hear it.
26: Machine gun bullets peppered round us, and they came at us almost like hailstones.
21: Email 3CR at bbc.co.uk. The idea was that women were to take over and free men for other jobs. And help BBC Three Counties Radio tell your story. In the twinkle of an eye, I was the only one left alive out of 400.
4: Now, uh, teachers are on strike in Buckinghamshire, particularly Milton Keynes. It's affected there, but it's all across Buckinghamshire. We, uh, we spoke to uh, a member of the union who said it's the fault of the government. Well, I think it was Ian who called in who um, said that these teachers have it easy. They start, they start work at 8.30, they finish at 4. They get three weeks off at Christmas, six weeks off in the summer. What well, is it really like that? Dave's And Bulldog. Dave, is it really that easy for a teacher?
19: Um... No, I think Ian needs to get a life. Like a lot of pets. unfortunately, they are very much. Uh, if they actually put more time into their kids, then maybe uh, pet, uh, teachers wouldn't have to do so much time because they do a heck of a lot of hours. Well, so you try okay. Try you, and, uh, there's, there's
4: a there's a there's a few things that have popped up here. What? Th- what? Your wife's a teacher. Is that correct? And you're not?
19: No, I'm. I'm I uh, obviously no, no. I wouldn't want to be
4: either. No. Well, so, kind of tell me the, the extra hours that your wife puts in that the perhaps people don't see.
19: Well, it, Ian's right that they do go to school. They don't they have to be there they have to get they have to be there by about eight o'clock at the earliest. Okay. And uh, they finish around about five to o'clock. Then uh, they come home and having tea, getting showers, they've some don't um and they just sit and do uh, what they call what he calls marking, but it's far more detailed than that. And what are they doing. What, what are they doing throughout
4: the summer holiday then? That that is a six week start, isn't it?
19: um well if you if you did seventy hours a week, which they're not all paid for, um be honest um uh, by the time you' come around to the summer session you'd be you'd be wanting a, a yeah. f- quite a few weeks off So six weeks months, off they, get, they do get six weeks, but they, they spend my wife spends about four days um getting winding down, yeah. and then she goes in at least a week before yeah. a new term to obviously get ready for the new term. So five, to come five in. weeks yeah. off. Yeah, correct.
4: They're, st- they're still not bad going. I'd love five weeks off in the summer, three weeks off at Christmas. become a teacher then. Well, did you know what? it's on the list of things to do? Thank you very much, David. Uh, Nick's in Oxford. Morning, Nick. Morning, Nick. Uh,
32: morning. Sorry. Can I just say, Nick?
4: Can I just say, let's not have to be ages I love it when that happens. I yeah. love it when a caller calls up and says their name. It, it, yeah, it tickles me, so thank you for that. You've made my I'm day. I'm not
32: often a free cr listener, that's why.
4: Oh, well, OK, well, well done. I
32: mean, for that air caller here, call and there's one of those guys there who thinks that just because they're on strike and I can't strike, he resents them. He doesn't look at the issues. He doesn't read what it's all about. Yeah. And I'm not a teacher. I'm, I was a school parent, of course. I do take an ed- interest in education, and I fully support this teacher's action, mainly because it's their only course of action. Well, whenever teachers or anybody in the public sector take industrial action, it's not because they want to or it's for their own interests. It largely highlights problems in government public spending and government overall macroeconomic policy. It's the... It's well, the well, uh, they, everything, yeah. Nick,
4: they, they're not doing it to highlight um, the, the government policy. They are doing it for their own interests, aren't they? And for uh, the interests no, of their no, colleagues.
32: It, it may seem... Uh, they're, the they're striking out, for is, their pensions. It's like the for pensions, but why is that? Why is it? What what's caused them to do that? It's it's the basic ed, uh, attitude of the government, this, this led government over education. They've always hated teachers. They've always hated anybody in the academia, simply because teachers and education teaches kids things. And I don't think it's going to upset the kids' education. I know I, I'm from Norfolk. Actually, when the teachers on strike the other day, they were eating children actually coming out on the picket lines with the teachers because they want to find out what it's all about it's an education to find out why teachers want to strike and what's causing them to do it so i refuse your argument it is solely about uh, pensions and uh, they're not doing uh, it to
4: educate the children about strikes nick they're doing it because they want a few more quid
32: i didn't say you were. said it was educational
4: Ed- for the children because they well, go on the picket line
32: well, they're not doing it directly to teach kids about why they're striking, but kids will ask questions kids grow up quick now, they want to know why kids, uh, they want to know why people, and it's not just teachers, there's a lot, a lot of places in the public sector, the fire service and everywhere else the post office, they'll be out and strike next week, why they're taking this action they're going to ask questions of where the root causes and that is government economic policy
4: Nick, thank you very much, I know you're not a regular listener I, hopefully you, your call has encouraged you to become one, thank you very much sir 08459 455 555. Now, on the uh, subject of uh, being fat, it's uh, in uh, a lot of the papers today that maybe we're a little bit too harsh on parents... uh, on fat people, sorry. The Daily Mail's front page, don't be nasty to fat people. Justin Dealey has been getting reaction to this. Justin, what's been the mood this morning? Well,
11: I've been asking people if they have any sympathy for anyone who is fat or obese. Some uh, interesting answers here. Here's what people had to say.
23: I have a little
24: sympathy because they've obviously got some kind of problem that they let themselves get so overweight and make life difficult for them for themselves but i do i do worry about the national health service and the strains it's putting on you know that and also as we're flying today i'm not particularly yeah, happy more on planes. if i'm sitting next to a very large person on the plane
28: very interesting what were you just saying there sir i, I agree that people on planes who are really large should pay for two seats because they take up all the space.
11: Even if it's a medical condition? They can't help
28: it, can they? I don't think you have a medical condition if you're overweight. I think it's because you eat too much. Isn't
11: that a poorly educated answer? I'm sorry, but, but a lot of people no. listening will be saying, I've got a medical condition,
28: well, I can't help being everybody, overweight. Everybody says that That's the excuse. Oh, I've got a medical condition, I eat too much.
11: Oh well, yeah, of course. I mean, no-one wants to be fat, do they, really? To be fair, though, madam, you keep yourself in good condition. Shouldn't other people be doing exactly the
13: same? It depends on circumstances, doesn't it? Some people are overweight because there's a medical reason. If
11: there's no medical condition.
13: If there's no medical thing, condition, then I think GPs should be maybe a bit nicer to try and help people do something about it.
16: No, stop, stop eating. Stop my walk, stop my exercise, get it off them. Something I can suggest, mate. So
28: no sympathy at all? No, no sympathy at all. My wife was, was a, a big lady and the doctors were forever, ever going on about her weight her weight all the time non-stop and yet you look at some of them (laughs) it's pot cold and kettle black some of them how did it make your wife feel when doctors were constantly going on about it terrible absolutely terrible in the end she was frightened to go to the doctors
24: i mean some people's lifestyles just do not allow them to maybe lose weight or maintain the weight they wish to
4: justin thank you for that i do i do worry that but even in the tone of this we're being perhaps slightly bullying are we i don't know i don't know Having never been fat, I can't put myself in that position. Thank you for that, Justin. Excellent stuff. Um, let's go to the calls. We've got Michael. Michael, you work for the ambulance service. Yes, good morning. Good morning. What, what, what's your story?
33: Uh, well, a, a few weeks ago, we were called uh, to a house where a patient uh, had had a, a fall uh, and become unwell and was completely unable to move. Um, this patient was near to 50 stone. Um,
4: Sorry, he, he was how much?
33: He was near to fifty stone. I fifty five
4: like zero stone.
33: That's right. Yes. So you can like a very, very large gentleman. Um, he, he lived at home with his wife. Um, he, uh, what we know well, he was happy. He did like to eat. Um, never went out and never exercised. We um, had fallen unwell from this fall and was unable to move. So when we arrived at the house, um, of course we needed to take him to hospital. But obviously, a few men called him there, We needed some assistance. So as we called for assistance, um, the other crew arrived, we, we realised it still wasn't enough. Um, and inspect, our inspector come, he authorised for the fire service to come. So in total, we had three ambulances, three fire engines and three police cars at this gentleman's house to try and take him out of his house.
4: And how, how many people did it take to get him out of the house?
33: In, in total, there was uh, around 20, 20 crews, so, like the twenty officers, including the fire, you know, the fire firemen, uh, including the ambulance. Firemen. And how on
4: earth did you shift him? Did you did you put him on a sheet and, and lift him out that way?
33: That, that's right. We we did. You know, his house was so it was a small house, and it was so small in the hallway we couldn't fit our wheelchair in. We couldn't fit our stretcher. So the only alternative was to put him on uh, a, a bariatric sheet. And basically dragged him uh, out out of his house. Um, for us to do this, it all took around three and a half hours from start to finish uh, of getting this patient out of the house.
4: And did you? Say, did anyone say to Michael? I mean, obviously he knows. Did anyone say you're fat? You need to lose weight.
33: Um, o- obviously, he kn- he knew he was yeah. a very uh, He knew he was a very big guy. You know, he did make the comment. Obviously, don't break your back. Um, but obviously he was happy with how he was yeah. and obviously we we can't tell him that No, it's
4: inappropriate for you in that position Michael, we have to end it there because we're out of time but thank you, what an amazing call to end the
5: show on Well, let's get the travel now, here's Adam Travel news
10: for beds, cards and bugs
6: BBC Three Counties Radio
10: Cheers, Ian. London Midland and Virgin Trains running with some delays, possibly up to half an hour's worth, and it's because of overhead wire problems between Northampton and Milton Keynes Central. It'll be affecting trains up toward Birmingham and some services coming back down toward London. M25, delays clockwise through the roadworks from South Mims toward Potter's Bar, and then as you come out at the tail end of the works past Enfield, it's very slow going into Essex this morning after an accident much further around the motorway near the A12. Anti-clockwise, we've also got a lane closed through the roadworks. This is between Enfield and Potter's Bar. Are the congestion there tailing back into Essex and that's been going on for most of this morning. Further round anti-clockwise queues from Maple Cross to the M40 in Watford. Traffic light failure on the Eastbury Road at Oxy Road causing a lot of congestion this morning. Busy on the A10 in Chesant as you come down to the M25 delays. Southbound M1 stop start past Redbourne. The A1 very slow at the Black Cat roundabout after an accident earlier and the A1M busy from Hitchin towards Stevenage. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties.
4: Thank you very much Adam.
10: Right, that's it.
4: That's your lots. If uh, you didn't get your say on that, you can give JVS a call. He's asking, is it time we stop blaming fat people for their size? I'm back tomorrow at six. Until then, from me, ta-ta.
6: Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks.
3: This
5: is BBC Three Counties
3: Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Coming up on today's big phone-in, is it time we stopped